When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, good evening. Welcome to a live edition of the ONG Strike Zone. It's a pleasure to be on with you tonight, along with my brothers, Kelvin Rozier, Marcus Green. I'm Brian Fulford. Fellas, how's everybody doing? Everybody looking good? Yeah, man, trying to survive this heat. It finally got warm up here in the Northeast between thunderstorms and 95-degree weather. Boy, I'll tell you what, that, that heat, I walked outside. It's so hot. Kelvin, you know this because because down here in Florida, we got it's just different. I'm sure, Marcus, but it's so hot it it, it chokes you. It, I I really felt like I was being choked when I was just walking from the from the door to the car or from the car to the store. I mean, it's it's oppressive. That's how man, hot it is. Man, I can up both of y'all. I was in <laughs> um, New Orleans at Essence Festival. Oh yeah, okay, and it was extremely muggy. I mean, you walk one second outside and you were pouring in sweat, man. It was that humidity was high, but mm. I enjoyed myself though. Ate well, good music. That's uh, the most important know. thing. Yeah, absolutely. Best, best uh, best show or best act that you saw during Essence Fest was what or who? For nostalgia purposes, I I got to go with Lauren Hill. She showed up really? on time. Yeah. Hey, he's, amen, amen. He sounded great. Okay, you know it, it was a good it was a good show because I hadn't seen her in so long, and because uh, you know I wasn't expecting Jill Scott was of course Jill Scott. You know she did her thing. Oh, I have to say, uh, Lil Wayne. Yeah, yeah, mm. that, that was pretty cool, and and of course all the old school hip hop guys, mm. uh, the ATL crew, the West Coast crew, and especially Dougie Fresh and the New York crew, they killed it, man. So I loved it. So jealous, so jealous and envious that I, again, missed another Essence Fest. I, I feel like I'm getting old enough to the point where I continue to miss these. And I, I fear that by the time I eventually go, won't none of the good artists that I love still be around performing. That That's how, that's how many years I have missed. And so I don't know. I, I live through those of you who have gone. Marcus, have you gone to the Essence Fest before? I have not. Ah, Come on, fellas, put it on your list. You won't be. You won't be sorry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wear some sun. Wear some sunglasses, though. Is that? Is that? (laughs) 
is that is that for dual purposes? Dual purposes? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, okay. don't want to want to be caught looking at what you're looking at, and and then it keeps the keeps anyone from looking in your eyes, seeing the red hey, in your hey, eyes. Right? Hey, wear some sunglasses. Dual purpose. All right, all right. Uh, well, hey, welcome to the show. Um, for those of you who celebrated the Fourth of July, uh, hope. Hope it was safe for you. Hope you uh, enjoyed the fireworks. Uh, I, I tell you what, man, over the weekend, boy, talk about fireworks. That, that is all my, see, this little thing right here, this thing has been blowing up all week, weekend. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. So the fireworks, man, we're going to get into talking about it. So, I mean, a lot of stuff to get into today. It's never it's never a dull moment with Rattler Nation. That, that's the beautiful thing about us. Um, the official countdown, we are 60 days, 60 days away from the OBC, and uh, we are officially on a two-month watch. And so we got one final month of kind of making plans. I mean, this is the month to make plans. So this is, this is your last real month to kind of iron out your itineraries and your plans for the upcoming season. No, you're too late. I already it's got late, my you're too late. Oh. Man, I already got my tickets. I got my home, my, my um travel schedule, got my flights that I'm flying to, got yeah, my hotels. I, I'm ready. Everybody I'm okay. Ready. I'm curious to find out, <laughs> Marcus. I mean, I'm curious to find out from folks how many people are like Kelvin, you know, how many people are that well thought out and have planned out, you know, their itineraries and things. Cause, I don't know. Maybe you're just a late. I'm a late planner, but then, but then again, I'm I'm gonna lean on a lot of media credentials. So you know, for me, it's just a matter of how I'm gonna get there. Uh, for me, but uh, what about you, Marcus? Are you making any travel plans during the season to uh, to get to any games? Hmm, it might be a challenge this year. I know we came down last year with my boys for Alabama a And M game. I'm kind of looking at a couple. But we'll have to see how things go. Okay. All right. Yeah. Already. Folks chiming in in the chat talking about July is too late. You know, I I refuse to believe July is too late. I'm I'm stubborn like that. But but anyway, I I can't be. Uh, I wish I was a super planner like Kelvin. But uh, we'll, we'll get there one day. So hey, um, so on the show today, you know, we got a lot to talk about. Just uh, I I don't even know how to. We just got some news to know here at the beginning. Coming up after Bob Pack, our number one, we're going to talk with our O&D uh, Sports Administrator of the Year slash Slash Sports Information Director of the Year, Joshua Padilla. Joshua's going to come on the show and talk to us about Rattlers Plus, which debuted uh, Thursday of last week, so it's not even a week old. So hopefully those of you who uh, caught wind of it, see the social media posts, Hopefully, you had a chance to, to soak up uh, the games. We'll kind of talk a little bit about Josh or with Josh about those games and some of the games that are on the classic games or even special features. We'll share with us some, some tips on some things that'll be upcoming, things that we can look forward to releasing. So, that will be an interesting conversation to have. And then in the second hour, we're going to get into kind of breaking down what a lot of you missed last week, which was A.B. Sykes Town Hall uh, Zoom session with the uh, Florida Region National Alumni Association. 
very important. So, I, I, we are a part of the Black College Sports Network. Just in case anybody didn't know that. Hey, check, check, check your cable right quick, Brian. It's fading in and out. It is okay. Um, there we go. Oh, much better. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Thank you. So, what I was saying is, we are a, we are a news a news org news organization, right? Part of Black College Sports Network. So we we do dip our toes into the world of news. And look, that was the town hall meeting. We covered it live for the express purpose of letting people know who could not be there what was going on. Okay. Had no idea that while live tweeting, it, not not adding. Now I want you, I want to be very clear. I I was the person who was live tweeting it. Okay, so at, at one at no point did I interject my own personal comments about anything. Would you say that's fair? You guys watch. You guys saw it. It was pretty much yes. Not, yes. Okay. So if you did not get a chance to tap in and see. A.D. Sykes, my simple job was reporting things that she brought up and said, because there were a lot, a lot of good things that she brought up. OK, but needless to say, that turned into an S show. Put it like that. As as people grabbed on to it, people grabbed on to the headlines of certain things and it just became a whole thing. So in hour two, we will talk about that, among other things, uh, as it relates to uh some of the, the larger talking points, but, but that's our two. We, we're not going to, we're not going to get into the weeds with that stuff. So uh, just, just to kind of give you a layout of the show. All right. Um, so as always, I want to say thank you to everybody tuning in on Facebook and YouTube, watching us on Twitter. Uh, make sure you're following the show uh, at, uh, at ONG strike zone on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, go ahead and uh, hit the thumbs up button wherever you are watching this stream. Make sure you follow and rate, subscribe, and share. Let's see who's the first ones in the building. Uh, first one to jump in is Matre Bennett right there on YouTube. First one to get in. and you know, up, Matre. Matre jumped in before Kenneth. Kenneth normally is one of the first ones to jump in, so he beat you to it, Kenneth, today. Corinthian, good to see you. Good, uh, good evening. Dad. Yep, what up, Dad? Exactly. Tamara T, we always appreciate you jumping in. Uh, here we go, Melissa Williams. Duh, coming in as always. Love to see it. Uh, J Mac jumping in. Jimmy, Jimmy Mac, what's up? Jimmy Mac jumping in. First one on Facebook is Chuck Hunt. We say hello to Chuck. What's up, Chuck? Checking in from Monroe, Louisiana. How much wood with a woodchuck chuck? Bull <laughs> <laughs> has checked in. We say, hey, the bull, you, you smelling some touchdowns, huh, bull? Okay. All right. All right. Good Good to see. Good to see. I Ooh. hope so, bull, because we ain't scored one against Jackson State in two years. <laughs> yeah, you said what, it. What I, kind I of celebration? What a celebration will that yield? Hey, you remember? Hold on, I'm, I'm gonna take you back for a second. You remember when Georgia was it Georgia or was it Florida? When it, I'm thinking back to the Georgia Florida game. Somebody hadn't scored in like two years, and I think it was somebody scored a touchdown, and like the whole team came off the bench to the end zone to celebrate the score. 
that's what I that's what I want to see happen when we finally do score a touchdown against Jackson State. I need the whole bench. I don't care. Take the fifteen yard penalty. I want the whole bench to come off and go celebrate that touchdown because that means we're about to start whooping some tail. I'm you, you guys with me on that one. I want some more touchdowns and some more touchdowns. I I get it, I get it, but I'm just I just want the first one to be. I, I, I expect celebrated. one. No, I expect one. <laughs> yeah, we definitely at least. You, yeah, I don't reward uh, meeting expectations. I want you to see the expectations. Oh. But that's just me. All right, all right. You're a tough man to please there. Mary I 305. <laughs> Mary 305. <laughs> we say hey to you. Uh, Karen Griffin jumps in. Uh, let's see. Yeah, of course, over the weekend, you did have the hot dog eating contest, which I did happen to catch. Did you guys happen to catch the hot dog eating contest? Just the highlights, man. I never watched nah. the highlights. I actually, actually watched it. it. I just happened to wake up off a nap watching it. So it was pretty, pretty disgusting, pretty entertaining all in one breath. So, um, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, let's see. Okay. What's up, Ashton? So, yeah, I see. Yeah. Uh, yep. Good job. See Ashton in there as well. Okay, so let's kind of uh let's kind of get into let me see some of the news and notes. First thing, we got to talk about there's a few vacant positions. We're a month away really from the start of August. Uh July 1 starts the new year, financial year at FAMU. Uh we've got a few vacant positions. Uh, we still are looking for a head bowling coach. Yep. Um, we still are looking for a head athletic trainer. Yep. Uh, and I believe, <clears throat> I know women's basketball is still possibly looking for at two. least two, uh, two assistant two coaches. Assistants. Yep. And um, is looking for at least one yep. assistant now after after some news that that came out um i thought i saw yeah no 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 okay i was i was trying to think back to ad sykes and and her tweet uh she's been she's tweeted out a couple of these positions uh so i don't know if you guys have seen um kelvin what's the process you you you've you know using your experience and background what's the process that any potential hires are having or would have to go through uh, through the university or athletic department. This is a tough time to for hires for a couple of reasons. There's not a budget set aside for when people leave, so you have to wait till the folks official last day. Then they have all this leave time that they owe in terms of payout. So they've been there a while. That money has to come from the position that they have that just vacated. So you typically have to wait a couple of months and use the money for the from the new physical year to pay out the coaches who are the administrators who are in those positions, and then you um, will bring on somebody. So they'll have a couple of months probably before they can actually have somebody in place and paid. Um, to fill some of those positions based upon when they left. They usually the time frame is about two months. Right, right. Um, 
Well, we'll we'll keep our and so uh, let's just kind of go through with the with the you know open positions. There were a couple of notable positions that um, obviously became open due to some departures. And since we just happened to mention basketball being one of them, um, you know, assistant coach Isaac Brown resigned from his position on um, on Coach McCullum's staff. Uh, Brown had Brown had been there for the past five seasons. Well, let me see, four, five, five, probably since 2019. Yeah, he'd been at FAMU. And previous to that, he spent five seasons at Coastal Carolina. But he accepted a position as an athletic director at a school called the Cathedral Academy in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, now, I, I don't know, is any chance Coach Brown is from that community? Is he from South Carolina or Charleston? No, he's from, he's from Miami. Okay, okay. Uh, so – it's you know look this is a this is a school that uh, is is funny in terms of looking at the the school size very similar to the school where I coach and work at uh, they have nine varsity sports um, their boys basketball program won a state title in South Carolina's one A division in 2022 and so he has taken over the athletic. Uh, as the athletic director there, so um, you know, I didn't, I didn't go digging deep to see what the ties were, you know, to him uh, taking that position, but um, good for him, you know. Any chance, any any opportunity you get to run an athletic program, uh, th- that's a that's a step in the right direction. Who knows? Maybe that is something that is a goal of his is to get into athletic administration. And so this is a, you know, with the, with the college tie, excuse me, with, with the college ties that he has made over the past 10 years and the college connections, you know, getting a chance to go work as the AD at a, at a school uh, preparatory uh, academy in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, I'm sure is a, is a good opportunity to something better. Uh, down the road, should he choose to go that route. The other departure happens to belong in the football, in the world of football. And so um, one of the winningest high school coaches in South Florida, how about just Florida, but especially in South Florida, uh, Coach Billy Roll, who had been a special assistant uh, to Coach Simmons, and had been the defensive backs coach as well, uh, announced his retirement. And uh, he is uh, retired, retired, and completely stepping away from from football um, after not only 16 seasons as a head coach in South Florida in Miami, where he assumed where he had a record of 154 and 47. Coach Roll is a four-time state champion with three different schools. Uh, won two titles at Miami Northwestern in 1998-2007. Won a state championship at Miami Killian in 2004. And then more recently won a state championship Miami Southridge in 2016. Uh, he has a national championship under his belt. That Miami Northwestern team was claimed uh, claimed a national championship 
uh, or was recognized as a national champion in 07. And he's also been the uh, Florida Dairy Farmers High School Coach of the Year uh, in 2016 at Southridge. And he might have even been, I, I, you know, in sort of doing the research, I might have missed somewhere where he might have been uh, uh, also a uh, Coach of the Year as well. Uh, Coach Roll, of course, played with Coach Hubbard under Coach Rudy Hubbard from 80 to 84. Uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, Kelvin, is he he might be in the FAMU foot in the FAMU Athletics Hall of Fame? I I don't. I, I'm, I'm not, not sure. One, I'm not two. sure on that one. Okay. I'm not sure. I, on I was, that one. Okay. I was I was looking forward trying to see whether he was or not. Um. Just looking back here, he joined the staff, of course, in 2018, and of course was the defensive back coach. Uh, he graduated from Coral Gables High School before coming to FAMU, where he graduated in 84 with a BS in physical education, played in the USFL and the CFL, the Canadian Football League, for the Montreal Alouettes. And so uh, he developed major Division One talents, such as guys like Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Amari Cooper, Ja'Cory Harris, those are just some of the names. Those names, of course, I believe, were at Miami Northwestern. And uh, I just, you know, I remember those Miami Northwestern teams. And, uh, yes, he was actually Florida Dairy Farmers Coach of the Year in 2008, along with uh, winning that award. He is in the FAMU Sports Hall of Fame, class of 2003, just in case those who didn't know. So we do have that. Um, and so some of the uh, – uh, like as I said, one of the one of the decorated assistant coaches in Legend. Legends uh, yeah. that uh, that has been a part of Coach Simmons's staff, and so and some and, and was a big help in some of those transfers we got to come in. If mm -hmm. you look at some of those Miami South uh, South South Florida kids who came in the last two three years, who were seniors uh, who came in as with one year or two year left. Some of them had uh, links and ties, or had played uh, his last year, or or had relationships when he coached his last year down south. So, so you know, when he calls people, people answer. And Terrence Davis joining the watching the show, give a shout out to his college roommate, Coach Roll. That's all right. Good to have you on watching with us, Terrence. Um, feel free to put in there in the in the chats any. Uh, any any good stories about Coach Roll that you can that you can share? Of course, you know uh, we we'd love to we'd love to have you uh, share those, and we'd love to to hear about don't, them. Hey Brian, don't forget we we still got we mentioned it last week, but we got a special teams coach that left too. So Coach Simmons got some work to do with, in terms of staff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we we did mention the previous week. Coach Chili Davis had had a. Uh, uh, stepped away to take the job at Kansas state. And so, um, that's, uh, two, two staff positions, um, that, uh, that coach will have to fill. You got something you add? You want to, you want to add something there, Marcus? Uh, yeah, well, not for that one, but as mentioned in the article on the yard. What, wait a minute, say that again. The backfill for coach rule may already be on the yard. The backfield, I don't follow. Uh, what do you mean? Well, his role, Coach Roll, 
Yeah. Yeah, coach role. Yeah, his role, his position. Oh, it's okay. actually in okay. a in a May twenty first article on the TDO, and you know, of course, folks in the pit probably knew a little bit earlier that they mentioned it was a regarding the Tallahassee talent that we're starting to pull back in, but it was mentioned by Gerald that uh, Pat Watkins uh, is an assistant defensive back coach. He played for Lincoln back in the early two thousands and uh, played at stud. FSU and played stud, sorry? absolute yep. stud. And so one of, the, one of the I have to say real quick, one of the best high school players I personally saw play in the state of Florida. And hmm. so he's already on staff. He was on staff during uh, spring drills. So he had already prepared for coach roll uh, rolling out. Hmm. I don't think I don't know if it's been officially announced, but it was in this article. And, you know, some folks probably already knew he was on staff. But I don't know if it's hit like the football or anything like that. So, Pat. Pat Watkins, formerly of Florida State and the Cowboys and Lincoln High Schools, uh, already on staff. And just for the record, Coach Roll is leaving because, you know, he had those years in the state. And so he didn't want to lose uh, some some money. I think he was in the drop program, so he had to drop out. for. And I think the way it works is you have to drop out for a year. So I'm not sure what his plans are. Does he plan to come back and coach? Go to the high school level. What what the case may be, or just uh, just actually retire. But that was why he dropped out, though. Mm, okay. All right. Uh, <clears throat> good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, um, a couple other news and notes that we that we should uh, make sure to mention. Uh, oops, wrong one. Sorry. The um. Uh, Let's see. I'm looking at the notes here. Dr. Chipman, South Florida band camp. Talk a little bit about that uh, as it's on the heels, I believe, Kelvin, of the Marching 100 band camp, which I believe is next week, beginning next week. It is coming up. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm not familiar with what I mean, I know this is one of the talking points or notes that you put down. What what do you what do you have on that uh, that South Florida I, bank? Yeah. I, I don't have a whole lot to be honest, man. Um, I think uh, I saw in the article I was looking at they had about two hundred. They had two hundred plus kids there in the South Florida area. Um, and as you try to maintain the numbers of the March One Hundred and the standard of musicianship that they have, you know. You have to go where the musicians are. There's a lot of strong band programs in the South Florida area. Um, so, and that's, you know, Dr. Chipman's uh, home area too. So I'm sure uh, it, it looked like it was sponsored. I, I, I didn't catch who, you know, who all uh, was part of that, but I know that it was a lot of uh, South Florida uh, folks and band directors and, and so forth. Who, who helped with that camp? So, I think it's a great, it's a recruiting tool. It's a, it's a great idea. I'm glad to see him doing it. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, I will say I did have a chance over the weekend to watch the Marching Hundreds performance in San Jose. I saw uh, it too. That was awesome. Yeah. That was that was awesome. Um, so shout out to them. And then you know what? I just not that I hadn't. I, I'll be honest. So I don't always watched the battle of the bands from the Florida classic. But for some reason I, I came across 
just watching last year's show uh, in uh, from one of the sites that uh, that covered it. And what a what a nice show, man! Two hundred and uh, not quite three hundred, but I think we were at two hundred and eighty-five members uh, on the. So I mean, if you've never been to the Battle of the Bands during the Florida Classic, which is in the uh, Amway Center, uh, what a what a what a what a great performance and a great show uh, that was. And so I'm, uh, I don't know, it's just one of those things that I just kind of took. 20 minutes to kind of watch as I was bumping around on YouTube watching it. So uh, just just uh, one of those things that uh, just kind of caught my ear. I think I was in that I was in that mode of listening to the hundred. I'm like, I want to hear some more of the hundred. And so I just came across it. And so it gets like that, right? Oh, yeah. It, yeah, there really is. The, the, the difference is, they say the difference is clear. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay, let's take a break because coming up, we're going to talk to Josh Padilla. Josh is going to break down what Rattlers Plus is, new digital streaming site for FAMU Athletics. And hopefully you have had a chance to watch some of the games in action. I was watching some of the national championship game from 1978. <laughs> wow. That, that's all I'm going to say, man. Just to see how far we've come in 50, so almost 50 years, 45 years. It's amazing. And, you mean but, uh, technology-wise? Hey, Technology-wise. Technology <laughs> <laughs> I have that video, so I know. <laughs> Technology-wise, yes, yes. So we're going to talk to him about that. So get your questions together. You guys, if you got questions about Rattlers Plus, let's get them together, and uh, let's get ready for this first break and come back. We'll talk to Josh and find out more on the other side. You're watching ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thin's. This is always like never before. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvée.
you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turn my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state-certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Kelvin Marcus, and it's good to be joined by the Southwestern Athletic Conference Sports <laughs> Information Director of the Year, as well hey. as the as well as the ONG. I was going to say that's the real trainer. honor. <laughs> Forget that slacks, though. He's the ONG Administrator of the Year. Josh Padilla. Josh, how you doing this evening, man? Congratulations, and thanks for coming on tonight. Uh, thank you all, and I uh, definitely appreciate uh, the award uh, last week and all of uh, Rattler Nation that voted for me. But I'm doing well. How are y'all doing? Hey, man, we're, we're good. We're good. Uh, we see you showing off. Any size 14s back there behind you in those boxes? Uh, no, no. 12, 12 13? I, I, had to get out, I had to get out of the living room. My dog was a little hyper, so, so I'll just go hang out over here in this room. It's all good. It's all good. Well, um, yeah, yeah. Marcus is still trying to, trying to hunt down. Marcus, <laughs> did you find your hat yet? I know you've been hunting for that particular hat. Not yet. No, Not yet huh? I think it's. I yeah, think it's I got it at the. Um, yeah, I think they do it every year during the uh, HBCU Classic um, when when we're in Atlanta. Cause that's when I got it. Uh, when I went up there, they had it at the uh, Gwinnett Stripers. Um, yeah. Uh, team Fan store. Team okay. store. Yeah. 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 I have had a couple of people hit us up, Marcus. So I, I told you, we just got to put in an order. We're just going to have to get a couple of those uh, hats from that store. We have to call them up during the daytime when they're, when they're, when they're in. And we're just going to have to find out. Uh, I'm already plan- I, no, I'm already planning my trip for next year. To- I'm going to go. I, I buy, I buy y'all some hats, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all work for hats. I, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it, big brother. Hey, uh, so Josh, uh, before we get into talking about Rattlers Plus, how, how's your summer? What kind of things are you preparing and working on uh, in these months without technically having to cover athletic events? Well, luckily for us, um, you know, since we do have 
um, our five young men that are competing in the uh, Swingman Classic this weekend. I'm actually tomorrow morning flying up to Seattle to uh, help cover that and um, work on some content for Rattlers Plus at the same time. Uh, but while while I'm doing that, also flying and just getting ready for SWAC Media Day, updating the, the media guide, football record book, getting starting to work on getting the roster um, on the website updated, uh, have an updated roster from, from Coach Simmons, and uh, just really getting ready for next season. All right, all right. And I, and I the, the roster keeps growing, as I, as I just saw on social media, that uh, as uh, I'm just reading Gerald's tweet, as he points out that FAMU just added the 17th FBS transfer in TJ Huggins from Tulane University. Uh, Huggins was a three-star prospect out of uh, Killian. Uh, that's up there in the Tallahassee area, isn't it? No, that's right. Miami. Killian's so Miami. 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 Killian. What's, what's the school that's up north yeah. in Tallahassee? Isn't there some? No? Killarn. That's what I'm thinking. That's okay. My bad. I'm sorry. Sorry, Miami. <laughs> Killian. Sorry. Sorry. And, it's, and he was a top 100 player in Florida in 2022. So, yeah, that's just uh, – I see the, the roster additions just keep growing. Uh, for fam. Um, so, and then you got, you said you mentioned Swag Media Day as well, which will be mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks. So, uh, oh. I'll definitely see you at Swag Media Day. Um, and again, the five guys going to the HBCU Swingman Classic are, again, just to let everybody know, because I know we added one. Yeah. Um, so, the original four that got the original invites were Hunter Veach, Jim Michael Bastardo. Uh, Ty Hanchi and Jalen Niles. Uh, and then last week, uh, this past couple of days ago, Ty Jackson um, received the late invitation, which, you know, Coach Shoup and I, and I'm sure Brian yourself would agree, should have been among the original in, right. in the, to receive an invitation. Right. Definitely. I'm, I'm glad to see that, uh, that, that he's, getting uh, the recognition that he so richly deserves for the, for the kind of year he had. Um, all right. So look, uh, uh, among all the, the great things that, that you've been putting out and, and we, you, you, you dropped the nugget on us that comes out Rattlers plus and uh, you know, big surprise. Uh, but uh, man, I tell you what, it, it, it's a home run. I think it's a, an awesome tool. Uh, tell us about, the, the infancy and creation of Rattlers Plus, what it is, what do you hope that it becomes? Right. So, well, I mean, last time I was on the show, well, the first time, I guess, um, you all had asked, you know, what what was kind of in the works, what was uh, something I was working on. This was it. Now, it wasn't necessarily originally going to be on the Sidearm website as they didn't offer this feature. Um, it was going to be on something else, uh, but then Sidearm, uh, added this to to their website and you know, I instantly swapped and transitioned to sidearm. So this was kind of something I've had um, had been thinking about for a while now. One, I was waiting for um, the AD to be named and start working and to work with with, uh, with, with Tiffany and then my uh, supervisor Breon, um, which I'll say Tiffany's been awesome. She's been great to work with. Um, one of the best people I've ever worked with uh, 
and as well as some of the people that she's brought in. Um, but definitely mainly just wanted to be able to have a platform to where we can showcase our student athletes in different series. Um, we have some stuff kind of in the works. Uh, don't want to give too many details out, but some of the basic things will be, you know, some of the day in the lives and just kind of mic'd up as well. Like we'll still release some of those on social media, um, but definitely wanted to give it a place to house it as a one-stop shop to where you can find anything you're looking for that's kind of clean um, and easy to navigate. And I know when the website or originally released, you mentioned the videos tab took you to Facebook. That was just a temporary thing until we were able to get this up and running. And now that's been replaced with the uh, Rattlers Plus button. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, Kelvin, go ahead. Let's uh, kind of keep it in the and let's, let's let's get those questions out about Rattlers Plus. I know, I know you guys. I know we got lots of them. So what what do you got, Kelvin? Yeah, I've been poking around a little bit myself, and um, I, I want you to talk about the thought process. You talked about the content side of it, but I know there's interest in in terms of the revenue potential side of it. And so I kind of want you to talk about what is it you hoping to, from that end, I saw that there's a membership for about 80 bucks, I think uh, for the year. And, and just kind of talk about what does that give you access to um, and so forth. Yeah. Well, right now um, the stuff we do have on there is free. Um, you know, there will be, some decision-making that will be had um, to determine, you know, what, what will be charged, what won't be charged, if, if games will be charged or not. Um, I, I mean, pretty much almost every single school in the SWAC do, does charge for, for their games. Like I know Jackson State does, uh, Grambling, um, Southern. Those are just the three that come to mind right off the top. Um, you know, me personally, I'm kind of a believer in being able to, you know, allow people to watch for free. But at the same time, I do know we have to pay people to work the games and it costs to produce it. So there, there'll be discussions about exactly kind of, you know, what the um, <laughs> what what the charges will be. And um, also trying to work with Peak Sports Management to find presenting sponsors of each different thing that we do as well um to generate more revenue with the different series like have a mic'd up presented by AT&T or something like that mm-hmm. explain explain to me the difference between Rattler Plus and then I know there's these other different entities out there um that have platforms and so forth why Rattler Plus on sidearm versus say um Two four seven or or uh, HBCU lead pads, all that kind of stuff. What's what's the difference between all that or the thought process? Um, well, I know that each HBCU lead pads plus that was kind of something that's working with legal and everything like that. But Rattlers Plus, you know, it was easy because it's on sidearm sidearm they host our website um, we work with them with a lot of other things as well so it kind of made it a super easy decision to 
continue to work with them. I already had a really good relationship with um, like our account managers and, and I've always had great experience with any support uh, help I needed with tickets. Um, so it kind of kind of made sense and they're really they're really focused on dedicating a lot of re their resources to make this um, a, a successful thing for for schools moving forward. So how does the content you going right where I wanted you to go, Josh? Good job. That's why you the man. But so how does the content and all that stuff uh, gets updated? Who's responsible for that? How, how that kind of peel back the onion for us? Yeah, so we'll create it um, in the in the process of trying to bring another person on who will be focusing a lot of their um, time on creating original content and then also trying to get, you know, st student workers to um, help out with that as well so they can get that experience, build their resume slash portfolio. Um, I mean, we already have a ton of extremely talented students uh, that work with us now. And I know there's a ton that are still there, you know, on campus that don't even know about yet. Um, so the hopes is you'd be able to get recruit more students to help create uh, some of this original content for us. Mm -hmm. Marcus, uh, jump in there. Get get a couple in there. I know you. I know you got a couple on your mind. Look like he did, froze. Did I lose Marcus? Yeah, we froze. Okay, so I'll I'll jump to my my uh, couple of my questions. So uh, let's I, let's see where do I want to go. Let, let me ask about uh, and sort of keeping the theme of what will be coming. So is it the thought process that not only because I see here we've got a uh, live events uh, tab, but we've also got series. Will we see? Or hopefully we'll see things like coaches shows. Like I know what we've seen in the coaches shows in the last couple of years, um, you know, for for uh, the major for football and basketball. But does this open up an opportunity to potentially have coaches shows, post game, pre game press conferences? Are you hoping that all of that can be broadcast through through this portal? Yeah, I mean, I we're we have. The we're capable of doing it. Um, it's just a matter of just truly deciding to, you know, put it on there, which I believe we're headed in that direction um, to do that. Uh, so that's kind of like what we're hoping to do. And, you know, it'll definitely for sure with football and basketball, um, the hopes is to stream more of the volleyball games as well. Uh, the tough thing with baseball and softball is there's no internet at either facility. Same with tennis, um, and you know that's extremely expensive to get internet over there. Uh, just Wi-Fi alone, not even you know the Ethernet ports are reliable. You know the Ethernet that you need to to run a, a stream, um, clean one, yeah, of, of a yeah. live a live stream. Yeah. Would it, would it be you know, and I, I know this sounds archaic, like uh like 19, like some 1980s NBA finals kind of thing, but it would be, would it be out of the realm of possibility to sort of re record or tape record those broadcasts of those types of games that maybe we can't stream live. And then, you know, if we have that ability to broadcast or not broadcast it, but record it and then be able to put it up, you know, is that, is that a possibility or something that is a, a an option as well? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I, I never really thought of that before. Um, but, it, you know, it's definitely a potential option that we can look into. All right. All right. Marcus, now that we got your back, go ahead and get your questions in there. Yeah, I'm not sure what I missed. I have, actually have a couple. So I don't know if it – forgive me if it's repetitive of what you guys asked while I was off camera. Um, I guess a couple of things that came to mind. How does this mesh with any existing contracts, any content you're willing you're going to pull in house? Is there any conflict there? I'm thinking mainly of ESPN and HBCU Go, but also, I guess on a side note, um, and with the content and everything that's, I guess, being made, all the upgrades for the fan experience, and this is kind of tangential to Rattler Plus. Are there any plans to restart doing anything like with a, a an app or any call, any collaboration with the Southside Tallahassee Wi-Fi improvements such that Bragg gets kind of maxed out digital wise and you can push more content and have, be more creative with your digital uh, portfolio, whatever that may be? Um, well, to answer the first question is, uh, it won't really affect it. I mean, because ESPN and uh, HBCU Go is really only for the games, and they pretty much pick what games they want. And then after that, you know, we're free to put on whatever platform we decide to put it on, whether it be on YouTube, Facebook, or you know, the Rattlers Plus. Um, so that's with that. Um, and what so we you see, have the, uh, you have the ability. I'm sorry, Josh. So you have, excuse me, you have the ability, you have the ability to to broadcast those games after the fact. Like anything that might be on HBCU Go or ESPN Plus after the fact, you're able to put that on Rattlers Plus. Say if somebody missed that game live, you're able to put it on the website. Uh, we would have to get you know just written permission from them. Um, once you. we receive that, then yeah, uh, as okay. long as you know, depending what they may say, you know. Typically, we won't be able to charge a fee for it, or they may not if it's on something that they're currently charging a fee just to go back and watch. So it, it all just depends. Um, and, and really, the main thing is getting written permission from someone at one of those uh, entities. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You you were you were going to add Marcus's second question in there. Marcus, um, yes, for the second. Uh, yeah, the second question is kind of, I know we've had a couple of bites of the apple for doing like a Rattler Athletics app. And I'm just thinking, since you're VP of Digital Strategy, are there any thoughts of having a Rattler app tying into the, I guess we got a grant to upgrade by accessibility on the south side of Tallahassee. Does any of that dovetail or can any of that be implemented in Bragg to help increase or improve the fan experience as it relates to Wi-Fi, digital content you wish to push out, any upgrades like having push notifications or I know one of my little dreams is like concierge service and, and brag where they could just do something or buy something or have something <laughs> delivered to their seats. I mean, I'm just, you know, throwing the thing out there yeah. as a convenience and, for fans. Right. So, and, and, and let me jump, jump in there and add to that because uh, I have had experience with that app across the across the street there and they, they have an app and i know at one time fam you had a, a 
something of an app that was developed mm-hmm. in-house, I think, with IT side. But but yeah, if it if it could if it could take you to the game, game times, give you notification when the games when it's a game day and the times game starts, uh, you know, for football season, the the directions, parking, you know, facilities, that kind of that's the idea. I know you've seen those kind of apps before. So go I let you I shut up and let you talk now. <laughs> yeah. Um can't really speak too much on the apps right now. Um but I'll just say just be optimistic. Um, <laughs> I like that. Okay. I like that. I like uh, that. But as far as the internet, you know, that's the the Wi Fi and things of that nature. Uh, I couldn't give you not one answer or even a thought for it because, you know, that's something that I'm sure has been an issue for a long time. And I know it costs a lot of money to enhance those uh, Wi-Fi issues at the at the stadium, which I do know that they have been um, making slow, uh, slow progress on. But um, especially mainly primarily at the gates for the tickets. Uh, I don't know what the plans are in the future as far as maybe all of Bragg within the seats and everything um, like full coverage, but I know they've slowly made improvements uh, at least since since I've been here. And and I believe infrastructure, some infrastructure, it ain't to what 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 we what we thinking about. But I know with a new video board coming on, you got new head ends, and so there's going to be some. You know the technology is different, so they got they they got to run lines for all that too, and um, score clocks and all that, and the PA system. So I know some of that is in what's going on with the improvements, but I want to switch a little bit to ask you about the the equipment that you you have. You know to be able to I know staffing is one thing, having enough people. Especially when you're in the middle of season and you got four and five sports going, but 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 do you have the equipment? And are there any investments being made in in equipment so that you know the quality is the best that it can be? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, when I first arrived, uh, they made a really really big investment into getting you know high level equipment um, to produce you know good video high quality photos. Uh, I mean, I, tr- I truly believe our, our photos, our videos uh, compete with almost any school you name out there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think we have, we have really good equipment, but we also have uh, really talented people that are knowledgeable um, of how to use it and knowledgeable of how to uh, produce it after um, taking the photo or taking the video. Uh, so we do have some, now I, I want more because I want to continue to grow. I want to get more students. I want to get more workers. So the more people we bring in, the more equipment we'll need. Uh, so that's, you know, kind of the hopes and, and I've, um, you know, put that in my budget, my budget request and to be able to get this money to buy more, uh, equipment to continue to produce high level quality content for all of Rattler Nation and for our student athletes. Oh, awesome. real. 
We need. A, uh, I noticed we we talked about. I know we had that sponsorship with AT and T. We've been doing stuff with AT and T. We get AT and T to drop some of those nice fiber lines around some of those uh, baseball and softball. I'm, I'm just talking out loud, Josh. Don't don't ignore me. I'm just talking hey. out loud. Or, or bring in a, a tower truck, Denver Rise. I don't care who it is. Bring in a tower I, truck at least for homecoming because they have done that once or twice in the past uh, at no cost. So that we can get better, better sell sell reception around the stadium with all these activities going on on campus at one time. I'm I'm just talking about getting being able to help us broadcast events. You know that's that's all. Yeah. I'm just I'm merging. I'm talking about hey, utilize what we got. We got a good sponsorship with AT and T. You know, hey AT and T, let's go ahead and make it happen. I'm talking. This is me talking. So. I'll be sure to uh, bring it up in our next AT&T call. I, I, appreciate <laughs> I appreciate that. Hey, um, let's go to one one more thing, Josh, before we, you know, we appreciate your time. And I know you got to be uh, getting getting packed and doing other stuff so you can get on that plane tomorrow. Um, let's talk about the actual content that the decision I want to show for anyone who hasn't seen. I want to show people the uh, some of the games um, that went into talk about. What went into the selection of of games that went into um, that went into the uh, the Rattler Classic? So we got twelve games. What went into selecting these games? And I guess a better question is, where did you gather some of these games from? Um, well, the first thing is, uh, which was the what games were accessible. Um, that was the first thing. And two, I gathered all those games off of, uh, YouTube and someone actually reached out to me on Twitter. Uh, hold on. Let me see who it was. We gave him that inventory. (laughs) Oh, it was, uh, Marcus. Marcus reached out to me. Um, our Marcus, this Marcus down here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look at about, that, Mark! Uh, at linking up with someone to get some more, some more okay. of the VHSs um, mm-hmm. from from old old games. So, so make sure you talk to Vaughn, number one, and then I, 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 I may have some CDs and DVDs and some stuff around that I'll, I'll get to you. The 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 biggest thing is going to be uh, try to find a, a DVD player or something to. <laughs> To, to I got, I got that too. <laughs> just, we're just gonna donate equipment. We're gonna donate DVD players, and anybody got a VHS player they want to donate to the athletic department? I got it. I got it. I got it. I got him. I got him covered. Yeah. Um, which um, which game? Like Josh? I mean, not, I mean, look. I some of these games, I will honestly admit, I had never seen before. But you hear the stories. When you look back at some of these games, Josh, which game kind of like caught your eye and was like, wow, that just kind of opened your eyes? Um, well, for for me, I mean, because growing up, I've always been a, a Miami Hurricanes fan. Um, and before I got here, I never knew about the history of uh, Florida and then beating Miami. So that one for sure. Um, just because of how big of a win, you know, it was at the time uh, for for both programs, really, because after that, Miami kind of put more resources into their programs and, and 
for Florida A&M, it's, you know, to my knowledge, um, I'd have to go look back, but it's their only Power 5 win. Um, so that one for sure. Um, how about you guys, Kelvin, Marcus, any games in here that you kind of look back on and, and kind of got a good warm feeling about reminiscing? Well, I was at the Miami game, you know, I was a kid with my parents. So okay. I was there, I was there to experience that. So that, that brought bad memories and was a joy. And, um, of course the national championship game, I, I didn't go to that game. Uh, but I was at the airport when the team flew back from that game. Mm-hmm. And um, the chant that I remember the most when the team was coming off the tower and walking into the airport uh, was the Rattling Nation that was there gathered. It was a, it was a bunch of people. And it was like Rudy Hubbard was the coach coach, and it was like, Rudy, Rudy, got that booty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as a seven- or eight-year-old, they hear the word booty. Being said, it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. I don't know for uh, – I'm trying to see. There's some interesting games here, like the um, the Appalachian State game uh, goes down as uh, a historic game. That's the one where the, the famous line from the coach of Appalachian State who in the post game said uh, that is not a when we were a 16 seed or something like that, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever they had us. Yeah. He was like, that is not a 16 seed that we yeah. just played. So I don't know whoever did the scheduling scheduled it, uh, seated, seated this thing wrong. Um, so yeah. They also, uh, they also at that time they ran the uh, like a wishbone option type deal. And after the, after seeing that offense at its finest, they uh, changed office coordinators and went to a similar offense we ran, and the rest mm-hmm. was history for them too. Yeah, yeah. They won three national team. titles in a row and um oh, yeah. and beat uh Michigan. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now the one that impressed me, I think, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. I, I remember watching the Detroit State game. Oh, Detroit yeah. State playoff yeah. in ninety. 99 99 yeah. i listened to that one on the radio played, i listened to that on the radio great call by and, uh and i think if that if i'm correct if my memory is correct i think oc yuman was maybe a senior i want to say either oc yuman demarcus Ware, or both were on that team on that i'd have to go back team. and look yeah so it's going back so you think we have two future first round play one at least one but i don't know if both of them were on the team at the time i think they were but i'm not sure i have to check both of them on that same team and we beat them in the playoffs and we uh correct me if i'm wrong we had beaten troy the previous year at home right in 98 we we did Uh, i went to that game yeah i did i did too i did too um future getting obviously i i remember the two games in 2019 those were classics no doubt. Um, and we even got a, a, a basketball game in here, the game against Iowa State in 2019, uh, where we I think that was on a either New Year or De- New Year's Eve or the New Year's Eve Eve, something like that, where we won. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So any other. So how how what's how long does it take usually to once you get these games, Josh, uh, that that all folks are, that folks are going to start 
bombarding you with. And actually, I got a I got a question in here from somebody posted a question on the on the chat. Uh, from actually Chuck Hunt asked, "Do we have any film from the Jake Gaither days?" I I don't know how deep the football archives go, but do we have any old Jake Gaither tapes that might find their way onto the website? Uh, I do not. I can reach out to Vaughn. I can reach out to Alvin and see if they have any and uh, see what they have. All right. All right. Um, Somebody mentioned here about uh, Rattler Plus uh, adding any exclusive Marching 100 content. Has that been talked about or are you are you have you thought about including band stuff performances or are you thinking right now primarily athletic uh teams and and so on and so forth uh i mean me personally i would love to be able to work with uh with the marching 100 and um i plan on reaching out to to their uh, media people to kind of discuss what what the possibilities are of of doing that and then um one just kind of seeing if they have uh the people in place to be able to do it um just because it's tough to give our our uh my people to work over there when we have so much to cover with us um so definitely want to would love to work with with the band media team uh to create content and see if one and two see if they're interested in you know having um their their stuff on our platform right okay okay uh Somebody else mentioned uh, the Black Archives possibly having some some footage of uh, some Gaither videos, and uh, saw somebody mention finding a way to get that Tampa nineteen sixty nine Tampa yeah, game, definitely. Jake Gaither's mm-hmm. last last game where we defeated uh, the University of Tampa. That's Fred another. Solomon, right? I believe Fred Solomon was a. I can't remember if he was a running back or quarterback or something, but I believe he was uh, on that squad. Oh hey, you 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 got me. You got the me. Four, the, 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 nine, the 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 San Francisco 49 are great. Oh, okay. 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 Um, okay. Well, hey, Josh, any final thoughts or words you want to let people know about Rattlers Plus? Um, I want to give you the last word. Any any other things, projects you got upcoming um before before you get out of here? Um, no, just you know, be on the lookout as the season uh gets here. We'll be working on producing more more content for the site um, without going too into too much details but you know we have some some good things planned to uh, to create for this upcoming academic year hey 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 Brian before you let him go I gotta ask this question because I know I'm gonna get it a thousand times okay when can we expect the rosters to, to be updated and I'm sure you're going to start with the uh, falls sports first uh but when can we expect the rosters to be updated and with the headshots and all that good stuff well we actually started football headshots today with the guys that were on campus um volleyball they don't get here until I believe August 2nd or 3rd so, you know, once they arrive on campus, we'll get their headshots, update the roster. Uh, I don't know cross-country's report date, but um, – and they're still finalizing their roster as well. So, so once – it's really once once I receive it, 
then I update it. And then we try to schedule a day to get headshots. Um, we have tried up updating some of the rosters already, like baseball has their fall roster. Um, and it's mainly just the, all the returners without yeah. the, the new the new newcomers um, added to it yet, just while we wait for uh, coaches to finalize that stuff. But, but we're working on it. All right. Okay. All Good right. deal. Hey, hey, and, and Josh, if you ever need anybody, uh, if you ever need some people to uh, to do some pregame or postgame stuff on Rattlers Plus, uh, I can recommend a, a pair, a couple guys, uh, two, three guys who who might be available and interested <laughs> in, in helping out uh, do some stuff on Rattlers Plus. Just throwing that out there in case you ever, in case you're ever looking, in case you ever have a need. All right. That's all right. like that. Sounds good. <laughs> all right well hey uh Josh, for sure for sure man hey thanks for your time safe travels to seattle enjoy it we look forward yeah. to seeing the content and following uh famu athletics as our as our baseball guys head out there as part of the hbcu swingman classic that game is on friday evening 10 30 eastern it's a 7 30 pacific time so you're gonna have to stay up a little late on friday night to watch it but uh should be worth the watch and I think it will be on MLB yeah. uh, TV or the MLB streaming site as well. So uh, it should be really good. So have a good time out there, Josh. And, and thanks for joining us tonight. All right. Absolutely. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. All right. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks, Josh. Josh Padilla, the uh, OED SID of the year. And See, administrator. See, I was I was going to lead off with uh, administrator of the year, and then you go off lead with the smack stuff. Anyway, all right, Josh. Thank you, man. All right, y'all. Thank y'all. Thanks, Take Josh. it easy. All right, uh, that's Josh. Hey, let's uh, let's take a break because we got to get into some of the fireworks from the past weekend. We're going to talk some of the uh, info from AD Sykes Town Hall um, uh, um, video. Video press, I don't even want to press conference. It's a video town hall that she did last week. A lot of news and notes that came out of that. And a lot of fireworks too. So we'll get into we'll get into the weeds talking about all that good stuff because I know that's what some of y'all want to hear. And so we'll we'll do that in more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, folks, folks like folks like the stuff. Hey, have you uh we're not going to talk about it. We'll talk about some new social media stuff coming up on the other side and more. Hey, uh, you're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back after these words. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean. Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, cream bottom. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire, 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407 
494-1471. THamptonLaw.com. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Stride K-12 Powered Schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum designed for the online classroom. Team up with state-certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Marcus, got to thank Josh Padilla for jumping in uh, with us in the last uh, segment. And again, Rattlers Plus, uh, really excited about the history, the opportunities to view the history of FAMU. And I, and I think that's going to be real important to watch. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, a uh, and, and I didn't mention this to Josh, but I'm, I'm saying this here, and obviously I know Josh watches the show. But I tell you, it'd be great to have a, a like a Legends series, you know, maybe somebody producing a absolutely, a, a, maybe if not a weekly, maybe a monthly Legends series because we really do have so many stories yeah. to tell. I mean, it, 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 look, there, there is. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to use, for example, the SEC Network. They, they have created a network off of telling their stories, right? And there are so many of them, it just fills up the content. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much content. And that's the one thing about this Rattlers Plus. This could become, this could be really whatever they, the, the athletic department or, or Josh's department. Uh, I, I would love to see other entities at FAMU, uh, the communications department, um, the archives to really get behind this because we talk about athletics being that, that front porch to our university. Right. And so much, so much of the history is scattered. We don't really know it all. We don't have it all in one place. It it, It is hidden. This is a great opportunity to, 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 to really, tell our stories and have a place where I know I can go to see and hear, you know, stories. Um, I, it, 
fascinating opportunity here. Um, and, and look, we it's a it work is. in progress. It's a work in progress. I mean, that's the thing. There's so much. You can't do it all, but there's enough to continually do something every week, every month, and just keep adding content. And, and before you know, uh, it's endless. It's endless. Really, the supply of things that can be done is uh, uh, really, really, really great. There's a lot of a lot of guys on a lot of you folks chiming in on Facebook and YouTube. Um, I I would have you know I look I'll tell you now we can't ask Josh Padilla to go reach out to people. I'm gonna tell you that now. If you got some, if you have some information, if you have some videos, send a note to Josh. Josh is a busy guy and he will definitely get back to you. Uh, or just find a way to send it. Send it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I know Kelvin was. I know we were joking, Kelvin, but I know you're dead serious about. Hey, look, here's a here's a DVD. Uh, yeah, I am. You know, and, it, and it's like that's. I got some stuff. Yeah. So look, because because uh, what Marcus talking about? Because it's Marcus. What Marcus talking about? There was a guy. I think he's a Grambling grad, and he have a yeah. YouTube site. I can't. I can't remember his name right now. But Alex Hines. He kind of had that idea. Yeah, Alex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had he kind of had an idea back on the old uh me mad swag boards and stuff. And so he asked us to send, send him stuff. And I know that some of us sent him some information and he still has his YouTube page that has some of some of the, some of that stuff, um, including all the family stuff. So and we sent most of that stuff to him. So so I know some people who have some some good footage. So he called the right names, Alvin. Um, mm-hmm. Vaughn, yeah, and um, I, and I, I got some stuff I can give him too. Yeah, so I, and I Jeff think it'll be... Walker and Keith Miles. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's a there's a lot of good stuff yeah. there there that can be uh, that can be covered. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and and I I think and, it. Uh... Go ahead, Marcus. and it'll be nice. I mean, we're just throwing things against the wall. I don't know to what degree he can get, say, like a sponsor, an intern or a grant to, quote unquote, preserve history to help pay for interns who would actually or students who would actually do that work in terms of converting it, making sure it's right format and then uploading it. But, you know, I know Jimmy Mack and other folks over the years have talked about talked about making sure utilizing resources of the students in addition to giving them meaningful experience. And if we have any department within the School of Journalism and Graphic Arts that deals with digital technology, uh, transferring that digital technology, film editing, things of that nature, you can leverage it from an educational standpoint to help benefit athletics. Yeah, Um, but but again, I will say stuff like that will require some 50 50 work i mean if don't think that just because you have this great idea that oh i'm just gonna dump this great idea off i mean i got tons of ideas which <laughs> I, I i can't get off the ground or i can't give it to anybody i got great ideas but you know you 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 have to be able to sort of find a way to implement it and then take it to you know ad sykes or take it to josh and say or even these other departments you know the the that, that we're thinking of and say, Hey, you know, I thought of X, Y, and Z and, you know, 
I found this grant that could do this. Is this something that's possible? And, you know, it may not happen right instantly, but, you know, part part of being who we are and alums and being a part of this 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 family is is helping this helping this thing grow. And so if you really want to help it to grow and you got an idea, then, you know, do like Kelvin and, and go take that, take that hand deliver <laughs> that information or hand deliver that equipment uh, to, to the athletic department and help them uh, do what they need to do. Because again, they trying to do something like Rattlers plus with old stuff. And at the same time, you're trying to deal with a current season, which is a challenge in itself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the challenging part. Trying to do a season in itself is its own monster. So uh, there's that. Okay, fellas, are you are you are you ready for this? Are you ready? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go split screen. I'm gonna share uh, the, my screen here because I know I want to get into what we talked about first. Getting into was the uh, um, was the town hall was the town hall meeting there that uh, eighty uh, sites had with the Florida Alumni Association uh, on Thursday. So for those of you who who missed that, okay? So, all right. Uh, so here we go. As we started dropping out some informal and, inf and informational tweets, you know, some of the first things that, that came down, I think one of the first things that AD Sykes dropped was – that at the recent SWAC meetings that volleyball matches are no longer going to be in those pods that we had. So like the, the regional pods where you would play um, in a, in a, what was it? A two or three day, two day weekend, you would play three opponents. Mm -hmm. uh, what? So for example, um, SWAC. the SWAC, we're talking conference schedules here. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so no longer, so very similar, it's very similar to what happened with softball. Remember mm -hmm. when we talked to coach P back in January, I think it was, she mentioned that softball changed its format where they too were well, softball, for example, got rid of the double headers on one day and then a solo game. They double wanted, headers. Double headers. Yeah. So they, they, for, they changed the format to every game. It's its own single day. Well, that's what volleyball – volleyball is going to a format where every game is its own day. So, for example, you know, when we go to play – we won't go play Jackson State Alcorn in a in a two- or three-day cycle, two-day cycle. It'll be, hey, we go play Jackson and State. Valley. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We'll go to Jackson State maybe on a Saturday and then go play Alcorn uh, or, or Valley – on a Monday, you know what I'm saying? Very almost like what basketball, what, what you have in basketball, where yeah. that's kind of format. Uh, so that that'll be interesting, you know, because well, I don't know. What, what, any any thoughts? Any 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 instant thoughts about that, Kelvin? How how much of an increase in budgeting is that going to result in? Do you think significant or just minor? 
Well, because the margins are so low in HBCU athletics in terms of budgets, any impact is significant, to be frank. Um, when we when softball went to their format and baseball, because baseball used to do double headers too. That was in the MEAC, of course. But uh so so yeah, it has an extra day of of uh travel, bus, lodging, per diem meals. So so it's gonna have some impact, but honestly, it's probably the right thing to do in terms of student athlete experience. I'm really big on that. And I, I don't think we we HBCUs have done a great job of making sure that our student athletes have the best athletic amateur athletic experience possible. So I'm I'm all for it. We just need to you know raise the money and, and absorb that. I think is is the right thing to do. Okay. Um, the Marcus, feel free to jump hey, in. Hey, hey, let, let, let me let me just add one more thing. Now, in Go terms ahead. of competition, it ain't gonna help the swag. We still the class. No. We <laughs> we still that we still that, that we still that guy <laughs> or girls. <laughs> that 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 gal that girl. Let's make sure you meet whatever. Yeah. Uh, her. We we still her. There you go. Um, we still okay. her. Yeah, exactly. Now, also, folks wanted to know about the strike tour. You know, one of the questions that came up was, hey, when is there going to be a strike tour? Of course, we remember the strike tour of 2021 in which it raised nearly half a million dollars. Um, I don't know the number of cities they went to, but it was very successful. Uh, well, A.D. Sykes did mention that we have three dates or three dates next week. As you can see, uh, they'll be in Jacksonville on the 11th, which is that is Tuesday. They'll be in Houston on the 12th, and they will be in Dallas on Thursday, July 13th. And then there is a date that's already planned for July 27th in Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, she mentioned that a couple other dates that were in the works based on the interest from those particular uh, groups, the DMV, and even a group out of Lakeland uh, that was also interested in doing something with the strike tour. So um, uh, are you disappointed or are you okay? What are your, maybe let me rephrase that. What are your thoughts on the strike tour? Uh, do you think there was enough time to plan it properly? Or do you think getting four to five, maybe six locations matches with the time frame that this new administration had to put this together. I'll ask you guys that, Kelvin and Marcus. Go ahead, Marcus. Uh, well, I would say this. It, it would have been nice, you know, if they had been rolled out a little earlier, I guess from a planning standpoint, the town hall was good and it was good that she that she answered questions and it was open to the forum but i do wish probably if i guess some details we finalized we may never know so we don't know how everything came together but having announced it maybe a little bit sooner probably would have been a beneficial and i've seen some commentary out there on social media 
And I'm of the I'm of the thought that well, I'll just say this. That I think it's good we're doing the strike tour. And she to, from my perspective, she has been out meeting people at different family events and making inroads and making connections with boots on the ground and being in attendance and showing her face and being, I guess what I would call felt leadership for the student athletes. So I'll say that and I'll say that I'm, I'm glad the strike tour is going on. So it's not meant as a criticism or anything along those lines, but maybe a little bit earlier announcement if the plans have been finalized a little earlier, but I'm pleased to see it happen. Calvin. I don't have, have firsthand knowledge, so I'm projecting on some of what, what I'm about to say. It's similar to what Courtney did. If you look at the cities and so forth, I would imagine that this kind of came together and was crystallized when they did the uh, National Alumni Association in Chicago. I know that Chicago is not one of the places on there, but since the convention was there, maybe she already made those connections already. And um, this this is July's the month where it's the slowest for administrators and coaches. So this is probably timing-wise about the right time. I agree. It would have been nice to, you know, have it out there earlier. And I also would say, you you know, family was in Tallahassee, so I don't know why we wouldn't have a Tallahassee one, but maybe they're looking at the booster kick. I know the booster kickoff is, is uh, in August. So maybe that will kind of serve as the Tallahassee. Uh, but with the co biggest concentration of alumni out of all the areas, uh, that we definitely should have one at home. And there's no Atlanta one here either, which I think is that shocking, uh, given the strong base in Atlanta. It, it's shocking that there's not one in Atlanta. I, I'm willing to guess, and again, I'm that then I'm willing to guess that the cities that were selected, people probably reached out specifically about coming so they could do a fundraiser for athletics. I, 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 if I had to guess, I think that's probably how they came up with those uh, those locations. Okay. And she did mention, I think, that there may be a school I mean, somewhere in the northeast or mid-Atlantic, but nothing's been crystallized yet. At least they expressed interest. I don't know what city that is. So, you know, we can just throw a dart on the wall and try to figure it out. But I would guess D.C. with the Alumni Association there potentially could be Philly or the DMV area. I don't know. Could be New York because she went up last year, I think, when the track team, when she first got in. Not last year, maybe early this January when the track team was yeah. up there on an exhibition. So it could be there, you know, looking at the tri-state area in New York, New Jersey that in Massachusetts or whatever Northeast cities up. So who knows? We'll see. But she's still within her first eight months or so. And so I'm not lobbing bombs because, you know, there's some criticism that we've seen and you might get into that a little bit later about why, why hasn't this been done? Why hasn't been this done and all this other stuff? Well, you, you know, not, I, I, don't, I don't get how, it. How many, how many, how many, how many, look, I, I know, we, we we seem to want to be a lot of people are, are are handling things with with a with with kid gloves on and say you know we 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 give our president 
their first 100 days, right? And then after the first 100 days, it's like, hey, game on. Let's go. Honeymoon I mean, over. Right? Honeymoon's over. Uh, we're we're yeah. past 100. If I'm not mistaken, we're past 100 days. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm personally, I, I'm, I'm past the whole, oh, well, she just got there. And, oh, it's only been, look, no, nah, 100 days is gone. I mean, there's a lot of good things that are happening, a lot of things that we can ask questions about. Because, um, again, the honeymoon after them 100 days, is it's over. And so I I don't have any qualms with anybody who challenges and ask, and is asking questions. Here we are now, six, seven months now, seven months. This is going into month seven. That's asking questions at this stage of the game. Uh, one of the more interesting uh, notes was this comment that had to do with uh, budgets. And Kelvin, I, I'm a, we're going to turn this over to you here. VP said that she did have a she had some great meetings with her coaches, and was able to find out about needs and wants. And I think this is real important. We have a ten million dollar budget currently at FAMU, and I think we actually our expenses were actually less than ten. So we actually cleared a a surplus of revenues. If I'm not mistaken, don't, Kelvin, don't say that too loud. I, okay, I don't, don't say that. Don't say that to lie. It, 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 it's, it's written in pencil. Okay. All right. All right. So it's in pencil, which obviously, but uh, she mentioned that with our current budget of 10 million and talking with all of her coaches in order to be able to address their needs, she felt that the budgets needed to get to 13 million. Uh, someone else on this show has been talking about that number in a long time. Ding, ding, ding. And but to addressing people's wants of what a lot of coaches wants, which I think is great. Whenever you are in a a leadership position, if you can talk honestly with people and ask them, what are your needs and wants? I can't always get you what you want, but I'm going to work to get what you need to be successful. And this was so great that she did this. She said it in order to be able to address the wants, we got to get the budget to 16 million. Somebody else on this show also already had been saying that. Ding, ding, ding. Um, now, I, I, the, the one time that I did interject my own thing in here, I put the little note in there about is Dr. Robinson ready to provide family athletics with those funds? But I don't know if that's all if that's something that the president has the ability to do. So I turn it over to Kelvin Rozier to say, what are your thoughts when you see the the budget? needs and wants and and who can provide that increase in uh, 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 of uh, of the budget the first thing I want to say is thank you VP Sykes for telling mm-hmm. the truth telling the facts not sugarcoating it for so long folks have come in and, and been diminished in, in, in that chair and they have told people uh, we can make do with what we have which is a lie we cannot make do with what we have. And so she she put it out there straight. We've been talking nope. about doing more and we're more. We've been talking about 13 million minimum. And that was the that was the floor, by the way. And we've been talking about 15 to 20 as the ceiling. So so she, you know, she's dead on. I, I, she's done her research. She's talking from a point of knowledge. And in terms of how we get there, it, it's complicated. But it's it, it's complicated because 
we we know what the revenue streams are. We've seen the NCAA reports. I went back and looked at every board of trustees meeting um, budget and and some that we presented to the board of governors. And and the revenue streams are the same for every institution, right? You know, you have conference money, you have uh, ticket sales, you have whatever you raise, you have the support of your DSOs, like your boosters and affinity groups. You have student fees, and um, you have in institutional uh, direct and indirect support that could and does include anything from covering the utilities of athletics to waivers for, for scholarships, et cetera. Um, how do we get there? It's complex. It's a lot of things that we I think we should be doing. The first, first I would say with just athletics, guarantee games. And I'm not going to get into it because I know we're going to have a, a further discussion about the guarantee games in a minute. But in terms of just the guaranteeing game revenues. So what I would say is that I don't think the, rev, the, the money is always going directly into athletics and they had direct access as to when those checks were deposited. And there was for the longest time, for the last what ten years, there was talk about this deficit uh, that we had to pay back using auxiliary services. Uh, I, I talked about it when this first show first started. I talked about it when Dr. Ming was here, in terms of the uh, and Kellen Winslow in terms of the town hall they had on campus, and um, of course that the board of trustees has come to the same conclusion now that you can use auxiliary dollars to um, cover some certain expense of, of auxiliary, I mean, of athletics. I don't know why they singled out the Board of Trustees when they created their, their little rule or whatever. It wasn't Florida statute. But I don't know why they singled out athletics from all the other auxiliaries. Because they allowed the other auxiliaries to run deficits and use different funding in different ways. But they specifically and explicitly, explicitly sing it out of athletics, and I think part of it was I I don't blame them. I don't I think they did it out of just not knowing. But when we brought it to the table and and brought it to the attention, I thought because I I really think and this is me projecting. I really think because we brought it to the table, they thought it was just us. Mm -hmm. And I saw in a board governor's meeting. One of the things that when we were talking about our plans and stuff or how do we want to pay it back, one of the things the board of government said it was we're going to do is they were going to do a review of all the SUS system. I think that review has been done, and they realized that the funding of athletics is in the state of Florida as well as across the country is the same, and so that's why they came back and and reversed that 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 rule that they put in place so so but but we need to make sure like the, the orange blossom classic that all the revenue streams that come from that goes to athletics and here's what i mean so there's five hundred thousand dollars that go that comes just from the the county to uh, uh the florida sports citrus for scholarships five hundred thousand athletics student athletes are on scholarship so that five hundred thousand that's not going directly to athletics needs to go toward Preach. athletic scholarships. Preach. 
It, so and you're then, saying that right now it does not? Is that your? Is that what you're saying? I, I, I'm or, not going to say. I need to I'm, find I'm, that I'm, out. I, yo, I, I'm not going to say it doesn't. What I, what I will say is that we're not gross in athletics. If you look, I looked at every budget that we presented since 2013 to the board of governors and to the board of trustees and for the florida consortium the number has constantly been, been between 700 and 15,000 to 900,000 as far as athletics cut it has never even been a million but i know there's other dollars that are that are done same thing with uh you know uh, guaranteeing same things with you know the battle of the bands that's part that's official event i think the band should get the lion's share of that I, I my understanding is that's how bethune does it so they're traveling their scholarships and stuff should come come out of that and not out of the, the cut that the football team get i know there's a discussion about travel when we go to atlanta and i'm sorry to tampa south florida and and some of these guarantee games that can't come out of the guarantee money that the athletic program is getting. If we're gonna grow, if we if we talking about sixteen million. So, so those are. I'm gonna just leave it right there in terms of just the guarantee. There's some other things internally we can do differently, um, but we have to have administrators with that mindset. And I ain't talking about athletic administrators. I'm talking about the president, his leadership team. Uh, there's some things we can do um, in terms of. For instance, in terms of uh, allowing all, but you, if you do it for the athletes, you kind of have to do it for everybody. But we need to look at, in terms of uh, out-of-state costs, being able to get give waivers. I know some some programs in the SWAC, they do that. Well, all these student-athletes get uh, the in-state rate. So, so, I mean, there's a there's, – it's a team approach. Everybody got to be on the same page. Everybody got to want to get to 16 million. And that's been the challenge over the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing to that, Kelvin, I thought I heard A.D. Sykes, not in this meeting, but I want to say a previous interview. I don't know if it was the one she did with Vaughn, where she mentioned that uh, the Board of Governors approved having in-state status for student athletes. So that I don't know to what degree that that results in a cost savings where money can be redirected elsewhere. I don't know where all, how that's going to play out and what benefits it's going to have. But I think she did mention that in a previous interview on another platform. Yes, they, they did. That is something that effective July 1 was supposed to be an option. So, so now out-of-state students, whether it be neighboring states or as far out as California or Texas could receive in-state uh, tuition scholarship rates, right? Which that, that should yep. be a big benefit. All right. Uh, let's go. Let's see. Nope. There we go. Okay. Two of the more controversial. And when I say controversial, I'm really talking about the things that caught the most traction uh, were – her comments regarding peak sports, because I think someone had asked the question, and I and I just want to say this. I, I I did my best efforts, and I know there were people out there who were asking us, and hey, did does ONG were you guys able to get the video? 
Look, I talked to as many people as I could talk to that had a relationship with people from the Florida region NAA to get video so that we could, A, A, I wanted to make sure I heard what I heard in terms of the question, and I have no doubt what I heard Coach uh, A.D. Sykes say, but I wanted to make sure the question matched because, you know, a lot of fireworks went off over the weekend on social media accounts based on these next couple of tweets. So, A.D. Sykes, in reference to the peak sports management, okay, which you heard Josh Padilla mention, that is the company that was hired to serve as the marketing arm to be able to go out and get sponsorship dollars for, you know, FAMU properties. Correct, Kelvin? Yes. Okay. So she said that the because I think someone had mentioned when does when does the contract up? The contract ends in 2026. I think it went effective in 2021. Uh, so it's like a five year deal, maybe even 2020. So it might even be a five or six year deal. Okay. Um, to date, and uh, to date, she stated that the revenue that Peak Sports Management has been bringing to FAMU has been between three hundred to 350000 okay? Now, it's pretty much on budget with what they estimated. And, and you know, the, the site, Rattler Nation blog, uh, pointed that out in their, in their post, uh, which got people riled up. Uh, they, they showed some, some graphs, which clearly showed what their projections were. Okay. That was their projections. Now she did note that athletics only gets about 50, uh, it may be 50 to 55%, somewhere in there. They only get half of that. Okay. Right. Which is, I think part of the reason why she brought in, uh, I believe it was, uh, is it, is it Hags or, um, the, the gentleman, What's look at the staff, people? Somebody go pull up the staff. Who, who's the who's the gentleman that um that that was brought in to handle outside sales? Correct. So I think that's why he was brought in because anything that he's able to go get out as as FAMU by itself without Peak, we get hundred percent of that. So if Peak is out there leveraging with their relationships and they're getting obviously Peak gets a cut. You know, whatever they bring into FAMU, Pete gets 40, 45%. FAMU gets 50, 55%. There's some relationship in there. Okay, that's that's what peak management does with a lot of their universities that they work with. Now, what A.D. Sykes said in her meeting with Peak is that she has a thought and an expectation that FAMU is an entity that should be able to bring in at minimum – one million dollars. I don't think that's unreasonable. Hello? I don't think that's nope. unreasonable at all. You know, um, she said what so, she said. She said what she said. She said what she said exactly, <laughs> and I ain't mad at her because what she's saying is, you've seen everything that we have done and everything that we are. If you mean if you, you're not hustling right, that's basically what she said. You you're not hustling right if you can't bring in minimum of a million dollars with our property, which is Florida A&M University and everything that we are. And so that's what she was stating in that her expectation is for Pete to be able to bring that in. 
that riled up a lot of people. I well, don't know why. Well, and then and and then fifty uh, percent cut. That that that's to me is a pretty high number, considering we we pretty much are the content and the entity. You know, I I could live with at most a thirty percent, but but a fifty percent cut, nah. So as soon as soon as we can cut them out, the, the belt, in my opinion. But uh, I'm glad she said that. I'm with her actually on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so and Bree and Breon Hagens is the gentleman name that she. Yeah, thank you, Breon Hagens. Thank you. Yes, yes, that's what he was brought in to do. I believe because anything that he brings in is 100% going to Florida A&M University and not being split with any other entity. I could be wrong, but I'm just making that sort of assumption when you already have an entity like Pete and you're bringing in somebody else to also kind of be there as well and do stuff as well. I, I just, I'm, I'm drawing, you know, educated guesses here, I, I guess. So, um, okay. And then let's get to the doozy, right? <laughs> then the doozy. Because, yeah, because everybody's well, got to talk about. Yeah, I guess the two things, and to Kelvin's point, you know, you can go ahead and scroll on what you're looking for, but you can see that um, VPAD Sykes at least put two things out there in the in the public in terms of her expectations in terms of a budget for family athletics and the expectations of and a, a very thinly veiled um, gauntlet thrown down for peak sports. So it's like, hey, if you want to keep winning championships and win more, we need 13 to 16 million, whoever's listening. And Peak Sports, our entity is worth this much, and you only bring in that much. So I, mean, I know she's very, she's very personable, very she seems very nice, <laughs> but she puts some uh, subtle shots fired mm. with those two statements. She puts some, she puts some mm in it. That's right. Hey. Hey, look, she keeps it real, 100. And remember, look, mm-hmm. there was, you know what, you know what I love is there was a statement, and you got to think back, and I don't know if anybody recalls her saying this. She had to bring in people who, who, who knew her, and knew how she mm-hmm. reacts and comments on things because some people get sensitive about the way sensitive, exactly. Some people get sensitive about the way things are said to them. And then all of a sudden they get all tight and then they want to get upset and get in their feelings. Well, what we've seen is A.D. Sykes speaks truth and she ain't scared to say it in a way that if, if you don't have a thick skin, oh, I, look, I'm sorry. You, you just going to be. Hey, truth, gonna, is, hey, truth is a funny thing, though. It, truth it is. is a funny thing. People say they it want is. it. To, they say they want it till they get it. <laughs> Until they get it right, so she is. So when she says things that you know, she says it and she'll say it with a smile, but it's like a smile with a with a with a with a razor blade behind it. If you're not careful, okay. <laughs> I'm saying that endearingly, right? Because, but I, but so it when the comment came up about the Orange Blossom Classic, because you know, I there was comments that initial question regarding a guaranteed four hundred to $400,000 the athletic receives from the Orange Blossom Classic. VP Sykes was... Now, I want you guys to be honest. I use the word emphatic. Like, and I noticed everybody ran with that word. I, I, I think that was... 
it was the only word I could think of at the time when I was typing this, but it's funny how people have, have latched on to it. But she was, I say that she was emphatic that she has not seen 400,000 or 450 from the OBC. Interesting more to come. Oh, hell. That just, that opened the floodgates at that point. Because at that point, people went to, now, when I first heard, when I first heard her say this, you know what my initial thought was, guys? My initial thought was, oh, she hadn't seen that money come through the athletic coffers yet. My thought was, if 400 and 450,000 has been given to FAMU, that means it started somewhere else. And then what ended up in FAMU's coffers or FAMU Athletics coffers wasn't quite 400, 450,000. That was my thought. I wasn't expecting the other stuff that eventually came out. What was your initial thought when this part came out? Go ahead, Marcus. I'll let you go first. Uh, well, I wasn't. I mean, I saw the comment, and I think I saw it live because I was kind of in and out. I wasn't sure. I didn't know, you know, from what standpoint it was being spoken. Well, like, well, the contracts that we've had so far didn't amount to four hundred and fifty, so we haven't seen that. Or I didn't take it as the money hadn't come through. I didn't take it like that. So I just took it as well, the two games, or at least the one game that she's been a part of, or that she's seen the money come through may not have been at that level in terms of progressive increasing revenue or increasing payout. And that's what I took it as. Kelvin. <laughs> I'm going to word this carefully. Oh, boy. I have some inside information from time to time. Okay. <laughs> I didn't watch it live. So I saw your tweet first. Mm-hmm. I assumed with the information I already had that she was speaking of future years, but I didn't hear the question. Now the question was, why would we turn 450,000, which is what I thought was, was the question. Why would we turn down that from the OBC to play South Carolina state? Then I, like, 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 uh, Marcus, I thought it, she was referring to the the future games. I, it had because because that wasn't the number for the first three games. That wasn't original contract. I don't think that was the question. I don't think the question was regarding the future. I, I think it was more so in. I think it was the question felt like it was wrapped into the present tense, uh, hmm. with with a little bit of what the last year or two has been. And uh, again, at this point in time, the, the numbers or the, or the, the, uh, the email that uh, was released had not, I had not seen that prior to uh, that, that blog post. So. So, uh, so it's hard either way. I'm just going to jump in and talk about what the guarantee is and and the, the people thoughts of what guarantees should be. It's easy for us to come up with in our minds what we think we worth. But you got to have some kind of science formula market behind your, your numbers, right? 
So, you know, I hear folks saying we worth a million. Um, ain't nobody paying us a million, including Florida Classic, which we know we generate $33 million worth of impact for every year. And we've been doing it in, in Orlando since, what, 97, 98, and in Tampa since, uh, what was it, 70, 77, somewhere around there, 76. So, and we don't have led. We run that. We run that. And we run that. And we pay a management company. This is what the part I want to understand. Whether it's a promoter or management company, you're going to pay somebody with expertise to run a successful classic. It's a reason why classes, HBCU classes have gone away, frankly. Um, you know, Circuit City class is just coming back and is in a smaller scale. The the urban city class, I guess, or the, the New York class, whatever they call it now, just came back. There are not a lot of black, large athletic events out there, first of all. And none of them are paying a million. And most of them aren't even paying what the OBC put on the table, plus expenses. And that plus expenses is very important, especially when you're talking about and when you had the band and the number of days you're spending in South Florida, Miami. That's expensive. Now, you could re- renegotiate and say, "Give me a, just give me the money and make it six hundred fifty thousand, whatever, and, and then pay your own expenses." You could do that. I've seen it both ways, but you know, we sign what we sign, and I just want people to understand uh, there's a lot of risk if you have never put on a large scale event and you don't understand what what it requires and the cost of that. You first of all, you're talking about pro stadiums. Mm-hmm. They start off most of them at, at like a half a million, <laughs> uh, 500 million. I mean, a 500,000. I'm sorry. And that includes your, you know, your staffing, concessions, and, and, and security, operationals, all, all that good stuff, right? And you know what, pro, uh, pro stadiums ain't gonna do? They ain't gonna let you come up there with Shay Shay and Ray Ray and, and run their facilities. <laughs> you're gonna use their their people and their contracts that they already have in place for events because they want professionals and so that costs along with marketing and advertising budget to, to try to draw people to the to the events and so forth i i would tell you it's it's a high risk doing large-scale events is high risk especially when it's outdoors because weather plays a part in this thing, whether it be yes. just hurricane or just rain and so forth. That that can significantly impact walk-up tick-ups, ticket sales for sure and so forth. So all these people come up with these inflated numbers. Um, it's just not re- – it's not, it's not based in reality. All you got to do is look at all the other classics, right, even the ones that we own. None of them pay the athletic department $1 million by itself, right? And then, 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 and then, when you get that million five number that we're getting, you, you, what you're doing is, is not just the the event. You got the usually the the, the tourist council or the athletic council of that area chipping in. You got the county chipping in. You got the city chipping in. You know, you yep. got these different groups that bringing money to the table, but th- that ain't the promoter <laughs> or, or your 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 middle entity. That's above and beyond that so you have to understand the business now in terms of the guarantee that we have 
And and, and I, I remember we went to the University of Central Florida with no expenses and got 325000 That was like two years right. ago. Now, I, I know some that. people pointed out I, – I know some people pointed out we played uh, – Oklahoma State, uh, Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma, which I was there, and Ohio State, which I was there. And they were much larger payouts. They beat us 69-13 and 76 to zip, if I remember correctly. And, they, and, and the game wasn't that close. They could have put right. whatever they want You're on right. us. And we were the lowest paid, because we FCS too, but we were the lowest paid person that they paid to come to Ohio State. Uh, they paid somebody once, I think, like, San Diego State and somebody else, 1.2 million, 1 million. So that's their rate. It had nothing to do with our brand. I, I saw folks saying, well, you know, we found you. They paid us 900000 That must mean no. No. That's just mm-hmm. Ohio State, what, what they pay for when for your services. For that W. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and that's all we are. And, and that's all we are. We, we just, we was, we, we was there to service them. And, and that we did. So I'm not a big fan of, of money or those kind of games, unless you're going to talk about you're going to play Ohio State and and Joe. I know we got a game against Georgia coming up. Those kind of you, you get those kind of guarantees, but then my problem with playing those kind of guarantees, it don't go back to football, right? It goes back to the budget. Folks ain't raising money. If I'm a if I'm Willie Simmons, and you're you going to put me on the field with two-time defending national champion Georgia, then if that payout is nine hundred thousand, my my football program got to get five hundred thousand. You would hope that got to go to you my program. You would hope, you know, yeah. But that's that's not they use that money to cover expenses for all the other sports and 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 and, and frankly, if you look at our records when we were playing these teams over that ten year span, it wasn't it wasn't what it is now. So I'm, I'm hoping when we set up set up these guaranteed games, whatever the payment is, that we look at what we're doing with those payments. I know when Troy and Georgia Southern, when they were moving up, they played, especially Troy, they played a lot of guaranteed games. But it was an agreement with the coach at the time and, they, and the athletic department that the bulk of that money, they when they played Nebraska on the road and, and, and Michigan and LSU, uh, and they actually pulled off a couple of them games, and a, a couple of more were, were pretty close. But when they were making that transition, they, the the agreement was that the majority of that money went back into the football program. We know we, we need a, we need a, we need a weight room, we need a new field house. So so if we were doing that kind of things, I'd be less critical of the the the, the beatdown games. But I don't like the beatdown games. I think it hurts your brand. You don't learn nothing out of it. And then, then, then that money gone. At the end of the year, the money gone. We in the same place the next year. So I would much. I, I prefer the classics, frankly. And, and a classic me, that takes care of my expenses and give me a give me five hundred thousand. I think that's 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 a good deal versus a beatdown and, game. And, and, and we don't have, make me, that money at home. We we do not. We won't. And, and look, we do not. No, we won't. Even at homecoming, we don't we don't make that kind of money. Look, twenty. No, exactly. We don't get a, y'all ain't selling out the stadium. Not selling out the stadium. You're not getting a cut of hotel rates that are coming in town. Right. Um, you know, th- there's other little things like that. Look, I, I think a lot of people are making. Uh, look, 
there's an added bonus that the OBC has to it. The last two years, it's been on ESPN too. Now, the 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 amount of difference between ESPN two the previous two years and ESPN is this. There's there's literally other than the fact that there's a number on the end, there's not much difference between ESPN and ESPN two. This year worked itself out that with even without Coach Prime. This game is going to be on ESPN2. We've talked about it. The number of times that Florida AM football has been on ESPN. No, this, mean, this it's going to be on, it's on the mothership. This year is going to be on just ESPN. Said, I just said, I just said, that's what I just, I just said. It's, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It, this is the year it's on ESPN. And it's only happened one other time. One other time. And that was the Heritage Bowl of whatever year that was. Okay. 95. So, 95. So let's not act like so. we, we've been on that. And what that means, though, that brings in a lot of revenues from the, the advertising dollars that come in, the popularity of this game. So think about the three years that we played Jackson State. We've been on ESPN2, ESPN2, ESPN. If this game brings – if 40,000, 45,000 people attend this game, that's a win. Because I think a lot of people are worried about sellouts and attendance numbers. Look, ESPN does not care if 50,000, 60,000 people from South Florida attend this game. They don't care. What they do care is they have a television entity, a television property that they're going to be able to broadcast and show uh, not only the, the, the game, the bands, and everything else. And you know what? That will come out in the wash if the lower bowl is filled up which I think the last two years, the lower bowl has been relatively filled up, even even with the, the heat of what you experienced last year. You know, so I think we got to move past those. I feel like that's a decade old thinking that the attendance is really what matters because, yes, that's 50,000 people in the stadium. It, it, but, it, but it does on, matter. It looks there's better. Oh, hold on. And, and, no, and hold you can on. demand more. It, no, I, there's 50,000 people. There's 50,000 people in the It doesn't compare to 900,000 eyes that have an opportunity to watch. It doesn't compare. Even if you, you got your, your, your game is though, being put at, in front of At the of end of the day. But, but, the, but the money. Now, now. You know why? What, what so money are we counting? To me, that is that, that is the no. I'm, I'm no, talking about the trade off. I'm, I'm talking about a trade off between TV versus uh, ticket sales and folks not coming into the stadium. Now you're right. Broadcast right, media rights is where the big money is. The question is, if is that money that trade off being shared with the schools participating? That is the question. Because then it does uh, matter. You're because I'm sure most I, of the contracts, most of the contracts that the schools are signing probably have some clause in there that if they re- reach above X amount of ticket sales, then some kind of kicker kicks in where they 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 get mm-hmm. a, a extra percentage or an extra flat rate. So I'm saying that it does matter, but, but, but I'm willing to I'm willing to have a trade off. Long as that that meet those meet those media dollars make up for it, you know what I'm saying. If if FAMU brings in twenty thousand people, 
right? Our home, our, our stadium has what 21,000, 22, right? So if we if we cover our 20,000 and Jackson State covers their 20, you gotta you gotta you got about 40 some odd thousand in, in attendance. Is that not a is that not a good crowd? Mm. That's a great crowd. Because you know why? Because that twenty thousand that we so, brought in equals so, so how you, twenty thousand. So how you? Well, that is how you look at it. That it's not a bad crowd, but that's how you look at it. I would say the the number that's going to drive the crowd, what make it as a success, is not FAMU or Jackson State. It's how 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 much you engage that community. There's like three million Black folks, I believe, in that South Florida area at least. Combined, yes. right? Miami and, and uh Dade County, Broward, and and all that. So, so if you can get twenty thousand folks to come with the fam, you and the Jackson State folks, now you're cooking with grease. And the one thing I will say about the OBC Classic that I've seen with this class versus any other HBCU Classic at this point, outside of maybe the Magic City Classic, it's growing. She has it grown that thing significantly. It is growing every year, and mm. it's a first class experience for our coaching student athletes. So, so I'm actually impressed, and you are we are established. I'm hard impressed. I'm actually impressed as as you know, it's only year three, and she's she's already you know we're prepared to do another three year contract and up the money, taking care of all expenses. And you got to remember, this game is on a Sunday. You know, most classics, you know, on Saturdays. So that's an extra day of food and per diem and all this other stuff that she is over. Now, you can move that game back to Saturday, but you won't be on ESPN probably if you do that. No, you but, won't be. You, know, you won't be. You so won't be. so won't be. That, that's, part, that's, part of, that's part of the trade-off. It is part of the trade-off. But anyway. It is. It is. Um. So – as the as the uh, sort of the fireworks of that comes off of uh, the question and and a lot of uh, you know the the negotiating numbers were released um via some and you obviously you can go read the article and you can go read the blog post and you can read the proposed contract terms and things of that nature and then that's where you talked about Kelvin the comparison of, of, of value you know, you, what your comparison of value now, you know, it was mentioned in this article that I, and I, there was no sourcing here, but it just, other than the, I, well, I, I, I say there's no sourcing, but let me just go back through it again. Let me make sure. Uh, okay. So now sources familiar with the situation have told the Rattler nation blog that OBC officials have approached both FAMU and South Carolina about having uh, about buying out the series and moving it to Miami. Now, uh, if you're South Carolina State and the budget crisis that they've been in, of course you want this deal. You're like, hell yeah. I don't see how South Carolina <laughs> State personally would deny moving this series for the next two years down to South Florida. Because again, the the understand the property the OBC wants FAMU. It this thing drives off of Florida A and M University, okay? Um, you know, and so I don't know if 
how realistic, um, you know, it says here, Keisha Campbell um, is told to be receptive to moving the series to Miami as the game guarantee far exceeds the of revenue course. they would generate at home. Okay. And well, so well, not only that, hey, Brian, it, it, Brian, let, let me, I really want to jump in right here. And then I'm, I'll try to be quiet the rest of the segment. But think about it this way. We played South Carolina State for two years. One time up there, it, the when you sign that agreement, each team take care of its own travel costs, but you get no revenue. So we'll get revenue when we play them at home. We'll spend – we have expenses with no revenue when we play them up there. Versus if we play the OBC, we both get paid $400,000 for two years uh, for each year. So, so we're making money even when it's not our home game. That should be a, a no-brainer, right? And then the other part is with guarantees and the, the expenses side. Phil, folks talk about, you know, the 700000 that UM was going to give us for 24 and 26, 700, 740, whatever it was. But it don't include expenses. A charter flight, about 100 k Three or four buses, food, hotel, it's probably another 50 k So that's about 150 k for the football team that comes out of that 700000 Now... You have the band a part of that. The band has went every – and it don't have to be, but the band has went every time we went to Miami. We've never played UM and not brought the band. So that's another – Another 100? 150K. So you're taking 300000 out of that 700000 So you back at that 425 That what you're getting for the Classic. So I just wanted people to, to just think about everything. When they're looking at guarantees, and I'm done. So, so let me ask this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna ask you to put yourself in the shoes or the, in the chair of AD Sykes, and you, as you look at the pros and cons of playing in the OBC, what, what do you think is the hesitation or the I don't know if it's a hesitation or of a delay or the reservation might be a word uh, versus being more enthused about the future opportunities on the surface in public places and spaces. What do you think that reservation is, Marcus? Uh, you know, I don't know. Um I, know I don't I'm know the timing. I'm asking you to kind of guess. I'm, I'm asking you to throw a dart at the wall here. So yeah, because I mean, from what Kelvin spilled out, you know, it's pretty much straightforward in terms of, hey, let's move forward. We get it. There seems to be no downside. So I don't know if the, what the hesitation may be, what the decision. I guess the controversial piece was, you know, why engage in a home and home with South Carolina State versus re-signing for the OBC. So that seems to be the crux, at least the way I read it. That was the crux of everything, all the fireworks that popped off, and then everything else was derivative of that in terms of, um, you know, cost and benefit, and we got so much so from somebody else. This is whatever we're worth and all that. But it all seems to derive from 
the seeming decision to have 24 and 25 as Homer Holmes of South Carolina State versus re-engaging the OVC. I don't know. I can't jump in her mind or understand the rationale for not pursuing it. I really can't say. All right. I'm, that's fair. I mean, because you know, I, I know. I, I, ju- I don't know, but I'll jump in and give you two possibilities. One, it'll probably leave you with three home games right now, one of those years. If you make that, if you take the year that we the home team against South Carolina State and move it. But there's some things you can <clears throat> you could potentially do with the SWAT conference as well as with the um your, your already scheduled out of conference games. You can negotiate some things and switch some things around so that you know to, to see if you can get a fourth game, home game, um at Bragg. If that, that's some concern. And then uh, honestly, I think the biggest concern though is folks having an inflated mentality of what we should be getting paid. And we always seem to have a problem with promoters or third parties making do you money. Think that hurt? Do you think that's... And, and that's the reason they in the... And, and, that, and that's the reason they in it for. They in it to make money. You got to be okay with them making their money. You just make your money. But it's got to be reasonable. And I, I don't know... I, and looking at some of the comments, I don't think people understand uh athletics enough and they they got in their mind we should be getting paid 900 million 900,000 or a million and and all these crazy numbers and um and and, and not looking at the expenses of this thing it's just not real realistic it's not um yeah i i i uh it, it's a, it's fascinating it's a fascinating debate um and I think sometimes you got to look at it void of emotion. And I would say sit emotion aside and look at it from a dollars and cents perspective, but also what you're able to do and not able to do. Like, I think some like, OK, I'm going to use this as an example. There's the story running about about how University of Georgia is looking to potentially get out of that game or that that uh, the cocktail classic, the world's greatest cocktail, the game they play annually with Florida in Jacksonville. Okay, it's been rumored over the last year or two that Georgia wants to go back to a home and home series. Georgia wants to have that game back at Georgia. But Georgia's reasonings for doing that is because Georgia looks at it as that's a great recruiting weekend for us to display our everything that we have and do against one of our biggest rivals. We can't do that necessarily when we play at a neutral site. Okay? So Georgia looks at the money that they don't have to split and say, you know what, the money and the advantages of having that recruiting weekend against Florida outweigh playing this game annually at Jacksonville. Neutral. Yeah. Yeah. And so they are ready to sort of break up the tradition of that game. So what is – Well, they're going to get a chance to do that, by the way. Exactly. Because uh, Jacksonville's 
is getting ready to redo their stadium, so it's not going to be available for two that, years. That anyway. game, that game, that game, that game may never go back because if that happens, it, that right. game may never go right. back. It may never go you're back right. because George's incentive is like, why would we want to go back? We, you know, look at what we just did. There's no, there's no incentive for us to go back and play that game in, in, uh, in, in Jacksonville unless Jacksonville is going to drop up a soup, a, a two times a bag that they've been dropping on Georgia. That's what it's going to take. The money would have to be so ridiculous that Georgia would be like, well, I mean, if you're going to give us all that money, sure, we're going to go. Right. So so I, I, I that's what the thought comes into mind. I say, what is FAMU's motivation for wanting to play South Carolina State? Now, I, I mean, all due respect is South Carolina State. We've talked about it. That's not one of our top three rivals. I mean, is that game really going to sell out 21,000 on the first weekend of the season? You know, and, and then again, I, I say the, the value of that game is not. I think other home games supersede that game to open the season could supersede that game. So those are just the thought process that I have about why we would not want to do the OBC. I can't see, and I continue to try to find positives. Like if you go through a checklist of positives and negatives, why do it? Why not? Why do it? Why not? I, I got more why nots then I do wise. And so I would just encourage people to honestly, when, when you're having these debates on social media, <laughs> really, really think about, take emotion aside, take yourself away. But take, your, take, take your thoughts about the, you don't like the game time. You don't like being in the sun. You don't like X, you know, the, the, take all that aside for a second and look at it from a bigger global picture and just kind of say, what's the pros and cons of at home versus the OBC? I keep coming back to the OBC. I just, I do. I, I, and I, that's not, I'm, not, I'm not blowing smoke because we've had Kendra on the show. We run the, the ads and we, mm -hmm. you know, the OBC, we're trying. Right. I'm not, I'm not none of that because if it were a bad deal, I would say it like, Trust me, we're going to get into yep. the Florida Consortium pretty soon. We're going to get in their butt real quick. I, so that day is coming. <laughs> that day is coming real quick. I'm just letting y'all know out there. But if, when, I look at the, when I look at the OBC, I – so, I mean, look, we'll just we'll, – we'll, some things we win on, some things we have to question. And so that's one of those things that, from, from my perspective, we have to question um, – and we'll just have to look. I, I don't think I, I will say this, though. And my, my final thought and note is, um, you know, pay attention. to Everybody's got an agenda for doing something that they do. Just understand that everybody's got an agenda. So, you know, in and, and one respect, while it's great to be informed and kind of know uh, the T, understand why it why it is why it's being put out there and then kind of just you know j just let that marinate with you a little bit because um i i think sometimes more damage may have been done than more than, than it, more damage has been done than probably more help has been done 
And who why, are you talking about? Call why him out. Has Call him out. Damage, why has the damage been done? You know, um, I'm just I'm I'm just asking the questions. You know, that's what we're here to do. Call them out. Call them out. That's what we're here to do. Hey, you know, I I love the tea, Marcus. What's what's the name of that new app that you just joined where they talk about spilling the tea? What was that name of that app? Yep, the spill app. The spill app. Now, I just I just I haven't like in, in, engaged in it. I just joined up and. Trying to make sure nobody else takes the K to G, but we'll see what's going on. I don't, I don't give it a little time. Well, I, I would love to. Yeah, one day when they come to when they come to Android, I have to I have to be a part of the uh, the you know the spill spill community. And uh, so yeah, I, I don't think we have lost the OBC. I don't think we've lost it. Uh, I don't keep hope alive. Those of you who are out there who who want to see us uh, stay with the OBC, keep hope alive. And more importantly, show up in South Florida and encourage your friends to watch it on ESPN because you know what will you know change opinions real quick? Viewership numbers, advertising dollars, and ticket sales. Those, let me think, one, two, three. Those three things will change heartbeats and opinions real quick. And I don't know. I don't know. Uh, any final thoughts, Marcus, before we shut the show down and, and uh, bag it up and go home? Or at least cut off our computers, rather. <laughs> uh, let me see. Hmm. Uh, I guess just looking forward to looks like we're getting a lot of news, courtesy of Josh and others, as it relates to the football team and their summer exploits. Looks like Coach McCollum dropped his um, – had a news conference today about the eight – players that are going to be playing this year and we do have a volleyball commitment signed um uh, what to, i guess it's i wouldn't say it's unofficial but she hasn't made the announcement yet so i haven't i'm hesitant to i, mean, I don't know her personally but i don't want to steal her thunder or coach oh him. come on still still the thunder marcus come on still it take yeah. it yeah no, no. but she's a transfer from I think it's University of Memphis. Okay. Oh, that the young lady that we talked about. She still hadn't come out there. We still haven't seen anything official yet about that. Hmm. Ah no. come on. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe they're waiting on some paperwork or some admission stuff, possibly. All right. Um, all right. Yeah. The good. Hey, did I tell? I didn't tell you guys. I did run into uh, Coach McCollum at the a uh, couple weeks ago at when we were at the uh, exposure event, and so get a chance to talk to him. And he was. I had. He, I mean, look. When I haven't seen that press conference he just did, but I know he was excited talking to me about his guys, and I was just shaking my head like, "Yeah, Coach, I'm excited too." I was the only – I didn't tell him I was the only one on the show excited. I didn't say that Kelvin and Marcus were wait and see. We want to wait and see. But I told him, I said, Coach, I'm excited. I like what we got. But, yeah, he was excited when I talked to him. <laughs> he was excited. Well, so if, did, if, did he just say he threw us under the bus? I did not. No, That's I what said, it sounds like. No, 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 no. I said I did not Those tell other him. guys were like, I don't know, Coach. I, I was like, I, God damn. <laughs> I didn't tell him that I was the only one of the three that were excited. I didn't say that to him. <laughs> I did not say that. I, I thought it, though. I thought it, but I didn't say it, though. 
But so, yeah, it was good to see if Coach McCollum is excited, then, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see what it what yeah, it's all about. Two big because, dudes. Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I'm surprised. He, he, look, he, he thinks those two guys can run, uh, who can can have an impact. You know, I didn't. So he he really and and then I tell you what, he's really hyped about the kid from A and T. Uh, he that kid from A and T uh, could really be a a difference maker on that team. So, um, yeah, you got Kelvin. Mesh. You got eight oh, new players. Got, yeah, they got a mesh. They got to be able to get some development in. We got to be able to make it work with these guys, Kelvin. Final thoughts. I got one that I really want to talk about real quick, and that's the football roster makeup. We just added Robertson with number 21. Now, Coach said he want to be a running team and to Uh-oh. establish the run. Uh-oh. But it sure looked like he, he ain't trying to. <laughs> I'm just saying. We got to get Coach on the show make sure he's still he's still committed to, to trying to establish the run. Because, I mean, 21 wide receivers, I know we got a lot of scenes, including the tight end bunch coming. So I get it. And, 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 the, and the guys we we, we we bringing in are three stars, you know, four stars coming from D1 programs. So I, I love the talent. Don't get me wrong. I love it. With a lot of eligibility, too. He's like but, the second or third yeah. class of 2021 yeah. wide receiver. And, and I and I personally, like our true freshman, I saw somebody put a, I think it was Coach Repress, somebody put a clip of our two freshmen working out at the stadium today. And I like both of those mm-hmm. guys. I think if we weren't so deep and talented, they I think from a talent standpoint, they both have a, have the talent to play right away. But uh, but uh, yeah, Coach, I see the wide receivers. You're doing a great job recruiting. I ain't questioning recruiting, but I want to know: Are you committed to the run or not? <laughs> <laughs> That I'm trying to figure out how to work that in to my first question. I get to ask him at Swag Media Day. Uh, I'm just gotta. I gotta figure out uh, how many times we're gonna we're gonna set up. We're gonna set some numbers. You can say how many times are we gonna run the ball this year uh, on average? But hey, Marcus, I bet if you looked at our roster numbers, we probably have just enough DBs to tag up every receiver on the roster <laughs> i'm saying no Probably. i really we've been we had about recruiting dbs wide receivers like they're going out of style we, we got about 28 dbs if i remember correctly and we yeah, got about 21 wide receivers about 21 wide receivers so um look i but hey again go go with our roster of a hundred some odd people i mean that we have built they have they have i i want to financially i'd love to know how we do all this i i think that's uh it's you know and i and i say that because i I think the COVID year is gonna i think brian he's done a massive job of using the COVID year extensions right and i think this Mm -hmm. probably is the last class or last year where that's going to be the case but i i get i got to give him credit I think it's an intentional, and I think he's used it to, to, to the best of, of what you can use it for. And that has allowed us to reload and have no drop-off and actually improve our talent level every year. So I will give Coach credit for that. 
I would love Marcus. I tell you what, if you some point can put together, if you look at your number sheet and just just numbers of our depth, like offense and defensive numbers. I'm just I'm just looking for a total number, like how many QBs, running backs, receivers, offensive linemen, things like that. And I'm I'm going to start trying to find a way to compare and see what other FCS programs are doing to see because I I think we are building something that is pretty unique uh, at the FCS level and is more more what I think I see at FBS level. I I I, I that's just what my mind that's just what the my program. mind the program. I got to I I don't this unofficial just a we, we have a program. We have a we program, um, Brian, because yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. it's really we, we we lose coaches, we get other coaches. We we look we we don't, and, but we don't lose players, right? We keep our core players and so forth, and we continue to win. So so that you know, I agree with you. We have all the elements of a program, with the exception of increasing increasing that budget and, and getting that field house weight room that we need. But we 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 yeah. almost there. Agree, agree. And I, and I was I, hoping, and I, I was hoping Coach Riss's uh, teaser this evening, not hating on T.J. Huggins, who we actually offered as a high school junior and senior when he was at Kelly in high school. So this isn't you know like out of just grabbing something out of the air. We had a relationship there, but I was expecting like a defensive tackle to replace the, the young man that uh, rescinded his commitment last week. Hey, don't worry. There still might be a defensive yep. tackle out there. I mean, it's still July. I mean, look, there's still time. Uh, fall, you know, fall camp is what, four, three, three, four weeks away. Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll find out. But that's the that's the challenge. That's the challenge. Okay, so folks, uh, that's gonna put a bow on the show. Um, Back to the internet you go. Back to social media. <laughs> and hopefully we can have some new, some nuanced conversations. Maybe we can put some conversations to sleep. I don't even know how to turn off these some of these some of these uh Twitter conversations. It's like, can I put this one to sleep? Because it just I've I've lost track. I don't even know where the conversation is. Um but turn, uh, turn off notifications. Is that what it is? Yeah, I, maybe I just need to turn off yeah. the notifications on them and just let them just yeah. do what they're going to do. But because because what it, what happens is new people come across it because so many people have an algorithm says, and then you start getting random people from other swag schools. And, oh, and see now I know that the thing has gone viral because when you start seeing other swag people commenting on a thread where it was just like ten of us, and then it's like oh man, mute the comments. J Mac says mute the mute the comments. Thank you, thank you, J. J Mac, Jimmy, I appreciate that. I'm gonna have to do that um, <laughs> because, woo. But yeah. all right, uh, go uh, go check out Rattlers Plus again, bamuathletics.com/slash Rattlers Plus. Uh, thanks, Josh Padilla, for coming on and joining us today. The HBCU Swingman Classic, featuring five FAMU baseball players, uh, featuring our guys. Um, that game will be Friday, July seventh. Uh, hey, if you're up now. Guess what? That's what time the game starts. 10.30 Friday night. It'll be on so you can watch it on MLB and uh, see how our guys do in comparison with other HBCU Division One All-Stars. And uh, I think that's going to be a real fun event. So uh, safe travels to all of the folks 
from our baseball program, their families, uh, our athletic staff, anybody that's going up uh, to that game. And uh, that's it. I don't think we have anything else going on. We'll try to aggregate some good content for next week's show. Uh, We're getting a little bit closer to SWAC Media Day uh, in a couple of weeks. And so that'll be fun. Uh, I know I'll be in the house in Birmingham uh, talking to uh, hey, coach. who's going to be our two people? Who, who's going to be our two people? Kamari and um, okay. Jeremy? My, that's my I'm guess. My, my guess, it'll be yeah. Kamari or, or, or it might be Isaiah. Isaiah. I wonder if he'll send two defensive guys or is he going to send the quarterback? I think he might send Musa. It might be Musa and Isaiah. Or it'll be Musa and Isaiah or yeah. Musa and Steve. I, I don't know. I have a guy, yeah. Yeah, it'll be yeah. because I think both you gotta think both I think Isaiah Major might be up for defensive player of the year. And I think Oh yeah. So will Musa. So I think those two will probably get get an opportunity. They should be preseason first team. Um, yep. so yeah, maybe, maybe that's what we do for next week's show. We start really looking at the SWAC and, um, kind of doing some analysis on what the SWAC's going to look like this upcoming season. So quick, quick, quick tease. I think we may have a student athlete on next week. Oh, we working on that. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Good. I look forward to, to hearing. Okay. So uh, thanks. Uh, If you guys are out there again, hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel that we're on. We are part of the Black College Sports Network and Jericho Broadcast Networks, which is uh, the parent company of the Black College Sports Network. So you can uh, download the JBN app on the Google Play and Apple App Store. Just search my JBN or my BCSN. Uh, Subscribe to that YouTube channel there. So if you have not, please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell. And you can catch our show as well as some other great HBCU-related shows. And make sure you're following our show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. For you podcast listeners, anybody who likes to download, listen to podcasts, you can download the ONG Strike Zone on the BCSN Pod Zone. That is the Pod Zone channel that features all of the shows that are part of the Black College Sports Network. So for Marcus... And you can find him at Decatur underscore G. You can also find Kelvin. Uh, Kelvin, what's your Twitter handle? I know I'm waiting on the scroll to come up, but uh, what's your Twitter handle again? Man, I don't know. Yeah, here it comes. (laughs) Don't worry about it. It's coming up on the scroll right here. And KBR? At Rozier Kelvin. There you can find him on Twitter. And you can find me at DRB365. Yeah, Yeah, what he said. Let us know what you thought of the show, um, and uh, be kind to one another, Rattler Nation. We are one family, and uh, you get blocked. blocked. Yeah, no, stop blocking people. No more blocks. Let's not block. Stop blocking. Don't be no blocker. Let's let's work together. No no more blocking. We ain't gonna always agree. We ain't always gonna agree. But we we all love family, and if we claim we love family, we still got to work together. Exactly. Amen. So that's going to do it for Marcus, Kelvin. I'm Brian. Uh, Put those things up and make sure to strike, strike, 
and strike again, Rattler Nation. Be good. Peace out. Thanks for watching. Good night.